Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. and sisters of the leaf. Coming to you live once again from, well, all over the fucking place, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight the boys congregate via live video as they finally discuss one of the greatest films ever made, 1991's Samurai Cop. That's right, I said it. While they smoke the chop suey cigar and drink a plethora of hopefully tasty beers. It sounds like we're in store for one hell of a good time, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. I'll bet you I could take on Samurai Cop and turn his poser ass into Chop Suey. You see, I've been watching some instructional kung fu videos while quarantined, and add that to my well-known mastery of the Bagua, and I'm kind of a badass now. Anywho, it's time to start the party, you lovable numbnuts. Drink one for me. Greetings, everyone, to Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 113. This is your host, Cade. I just wanted to jump in here before the show starts to let you know we had a little technical glitch on the live program this time around. I know you longtime listeners and viewers are familiar uh, and expecting a little comedic opening, a little side-splitting humor to start the show to kind of wet your whistle for the antics that are to come. And we did that, but due to this new world we're trying to figure out, uh, we didn't capture it on audio. So it was just a bunch of us. And that doesn't work for anybody, and it's certainly not side-splitting humor. So uh, we're going to join the show in progress. It's still a great show. We still get all the movie, all the beer talk, all the cigar talk. So I just want to let you know, we should be back in the swing of things next episode, 114. So bear with us. This is all new to us. We're trying to figure out the best way we can bring you the show in this new shitstorm of a world we're living in. We hope you're safe. We hope you're healthy and your loved ones are safe and healthy. That's what really matters. Not some cigar, movie, beer, podcast, uh, technical problems. But I wanted to give you an explanation. We owe that to you. Uh, we take what we do very seriously, and we should be back 
at Full Throttle next show. So sit back, get yourself a drink, maybe some wine, maybe some beer, possibly something a little bit stiffer. Uh, get yourself a smoke if you if that's your jam. And get ready to be entertained for the next two and a half hours because that's what we do and that's what we love to do. So we will join the show already in progress. Thanks for your support and hang hang in there. Uh, you know we we uh, we hope everyone's doing okay. What do we do every uh, episode, Yak Boy? Every episode, 113 episodes. Every episode, we have hopefully a delicious premium cigar. Yeah, we. Paired with a hopefully delicious craft beer, followed with a hopefully just magnificent jewel of cinema, an unrivaled film. Hey, everybody, say hello to Rev Java who joined in. Hey, Rev. Hey, my man. So he's he's holding down well up in uh, Upper State, New York. Thanks for joining us, Rev. Uh, well, and thank you, B- Bittinger, for uh, helping me out with my audio issue. Uh, man, I everybody... mean, there was there was nothing going on. Everybody's stepping up. Uh, There's a lot of audio stuff earlier, but we'll talk about that after the show tonight. Much like the Katana Clan, I'm instituting some new disciplinary measures for you. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is that Katana's not getting through this hair. I take it back. You're not Chuck Berry. You're Polly Walnuts. I'm growing Polly. I'm growing Polly Walnuts and a, a little bit of Uncle Munster when the wings flare out. I'm thinking at any moment you're going to turn around and say to Cade about the thing on the wall behind you. It's not a real triangle, like from history. <laughs> uh, I see once again, Ted has put the plant behind him to look classy as well. Oh yeah, in a couple of weeks, this thing's going to bloom, baby. Nice touch. Uh, well, we do uh, smoke a cigar, drink some beer, and talk about a movie for five years now. Tonight's no different. Tonight, we are going to talk about the Punch Chop Suey Cigar by General Cigar Company. 7 by 37. Is that okay? I don't think no, that was Hong Kong Fooey, not Chop Suey. Oh. I still think you might be in some trouble. <laughs> do I need my lawyer? Yeah, you might need your lawyer. Yeah, I think you probably do. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I've been reading legal books in all the spare time I've had lately, so I might be able to represent you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, it is a Panatella, is the technical size for it. Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder with Nicaraguan and Dominican Republic fillers. I'll say price point for last. Uh, it is a very unusual looking cigar. If you can tell, it's got a, about the bottom inch is exposed. There's no wrapper. It's a shaggy foot cigar. Yeah. Um, like last year's highly popular punch egg roll, General Cigar Company turns to Chinese food takeout once again to celebrate the year of the rat. This past February, they released the Punch Chop Suey, packaged in 25 count boxes made to resemble to-go containers look <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute they celebrate takeout food with a year of the rat <laughs> that's that's disconcerting but look the box is held together by little chopsticks 
It's a nice now time. that I know that, you, need, you have to smoke the cigar using the chopsticks. It looks... It's such a good cigar. But look, it looks like a little to-go box, like you would see at a Chinese restaurant. Pretty clever. Um, last year, the, the egg roll was packaged in those little white rice to-go containers. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and they're supposed to be a really good cigar. I tried like hell to get to get us some, and they sold out really quick. Um, it's made with a shaggy foot. Each cigar is about as long as the chopsticks that serve as the box's handles. The cigars are made in Dominican Republic at General Cigar Dominicana. Only 3,650 days of the year boxes are being released. And as a special bonus, the inside of each cigar band, so pay attention to this, boys, has a fortune that comes courtesy of the snarky <laughs> brand ambassador, Mr. Punch, that little, you know, that guy. I think he's on the box, actually. Oh, I see your snark, too. This little guy. Does your snark beat my snark dragon? Nobody beats your snark. Nobody. Uh, especially when we talk about cigar smoke. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is a very, uh, I got it. Before we light up here, uh, it's a very rustic cigar. Real it's rustic AF, man. It's it is just. It's lumpy. It's uh, with that shaggy foot. I mean, it looks like something, Cody, that they rolled for us on the tables at like a test blend and just threw a, I mean, it, it looks cool. <laughs> Here you go, boys. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's very, very rough. What is, what is chop suey? It was just a, a uh, well, it was a, one of the first sort of things that the, when the, the, the Chinese immigrants were coming over here and they started, you know, cooking, it was, you know, something that basically they just took everything, threw it in a pan, cooked it up, add some sauce, and they, it's most people like weren't. Their version of barbecue then. A little bit, yeah. But I mean, it's just, they mixed everything together. Threw it on a plate. Goulash. Goulash, yeah. The cold draw is not pleasant. Uh, there's a there's a hint of sweetness there. There's a little bit like a fruit sweetness. Not not sweet raisins by any means, but there's like a little bit of a sweetness there. Uh, I, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to the cold draw at all. I, I got kind of a not so nice uh, flavor, but and I'm getting a little note of soy sauce. That's the secret ingredient. Okay. Well, as we light up, uh, Yak Boy, uh, obviously, usually for five years now, we're all sitting at the same table smoking the same cigar, which we're doing our best to do that. Uh, but we also drink the same beer, carefully paired with the movie and the cigar. That's kind of not possible right now. Uh, so we're all drinking different shit. Uh, what are you drinking, Yak Boy? I'm drinking... The big bubbly blonde, Barrow Barrow, Barrow Brewing. Our friends at Barrow Brewing in Salado, Texas. Yes, my hometown brewers. Look at you. Yes, which of course this does pair with the movie, as we'll see later. There is a big bubbly blonde. All right, bubble up. <laughs> so um. uh, Barrow Brewing, of course, uh, like I said, just said Salado, Texas. Uh, been Brewing up delicious beers now for about six, seven years. They've got four years, four year anniversary uh, last week. Was it four year? Mm-hmm. I must have looked at the wrong number then. It seems it seems like they've been around a lot longer. I know. 
Hmm. Okay. But uh, the Big Bubbly Blonde is their blonde ale. Uh, it's a four and a half percent ABV, 15 IBUs. Very just uh, was going to go for something smooth. Plus, I was like, I like the name fit with something in our movie. I was looking for that. So I was, give it a shot. Man, real quick before we move on with the beers, uh, Todd, I see you and I have led on. I'm getting dry ground black pepper on the nose and not a lot on the draw so far. Uh, I'm pretty much there. Uh, I didn't know exactly what kind of pepper it was, but there was definitely pepper, a little bit of, a little bit of zing there on the nose. Draw, I'm not really getting, getting like, I look, like I'm not, lot. literally not getting anything. Yeah, I mean maybe dirt. Uh, what is Tut drinking, Yax? Tut is drinking the native Texan Pilsner from Independence Brewing out of Austin, Texas. Yeah, buddy. Native Texan uh, started back in 2004. Uh, the Pilsner is, I believe, like right around uh, 5%, and the IBUs are very low. Same as, same as mine. Once again, it's Pilsner, so almost non-existent IBUs. That's why, but, you guys, why you guys drink? By the way, we get a uh, shout out for the Lounge Lizard. Extraordinaire. Hadn't thought about LSL in three decades. Uh, first non-Atari or Sega game I think I ever played. First computer game base game i ever, ever played with my uncle paul uh real quick let's get this beer business out of the way uh yak boy last one what am i drinking the clown shoes zen garden ipa uh excuse me the double ddh as they say the double dry hopped uh coming from clown shoes brewing out of uh, boston massachusetts uh it of course the they use a, a Zecca, Citra, and Mosaic hops for all of the tasty goodness. Uh, it's uh, 6.7 ABV. And I could not find, no one had it listed what the IBUs were. So they're not high. It's not high. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I put it probably low 60s. Um, yeah. Uh, Clownish use a. Just said that they're Boston, Massachusetts. They have been around since uh, 09 or roughly about 11 years. And they are always one to make uh, just any number of, you know, just different tasting beers. I mean, they have got a, they got a ton of them. I know we did the Undead Party Crasher, uh, which we did not care for. Right. We, were they the ones that did the, the bread one that we did? The bread goods or... Baked goods. Baked goods. I think so. That guess sounds what, terrible. Guess what? Clown shoes. Three strikes, you're out. I was about to say, I was like, man, good on you for going back to the well again to see if you can get something better out of them. Yeah, good on me for trying to find a fucking interesting beer in the middle of a quarantine. My group. Huh? I mean, no, I've had horrible, just horrible luck. I finally went to... Uh, God bless Texas. Our liquor stores are essential businesses. Finally went into yeah, buddy. a local liquor store. And uh, man, I just saw, you know what? The the Zen Garden, our movie tonight. 
uh, you know, it had kind of a, it kind of, I thought there might be something there. Uh, man, I, I guess I just don't like clown shoes beers. Yeah. Not, I, mean, I guess I just have to admit it. They have really cool looking cans. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know a lot of people do like them, but I, man, I just, yeah, it's, there's just not a lot going on there. It's very viscous. Smells okay. It's got kind of a cream soda type smell to it. Um, very viscous, but flavor-wise, yeah. okay. Uh, doctor, are you inviting tonight as well? Uh, I am. Uh, but look, hey, cut me some slack, okay? The MacBook Air sent me back nine hundred bucks. That seaside painting behind me costs a song too. So uh, this is the. Uh, Keystone Black Ice from the good people at the uh, Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. ABV 5.9%, IBU nothing. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's doing the trick. What uh, makes, it's just their ice beer. Yes, as a regular, you know, the, there's Keystone Light, which is your typical light beer, like Bud Light, Coors Light. That's you know 4.2% alcohol light beer. The Keystone Ice, there you go. There's the old Keystone. Uh, the Keystone Ice, uh, I think, is just stronger. It's like says 5.9 ABV, um, but uh, it's a nice, nice swilling beer. Uh, uh, I've always, we've said many times on the show, if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna go to the convenience store and grab something nice and easy, uh, I'll take Keystone over Bud Light, Miller Light, a lot of the other, uh, the big ones. Uh, any day it is bottled beer taste in a can luckily uh my local grocery store does carry the market street grocery store uh here in flower mound they do carry quite a bit of ipas um they have pretty much you know they've got the arrogant bastard and stone ipa and some of the ranger ipas and uh lagunitas which i know we've sampled on the show before but i, I went to the store on monday to do my grocery shopping so Trying to be as responsible as I can, I uh, just uh, went to the local convenience store. Uh, well, I know you joined us here on short notice, and I know you went out and just so desperate to see our handsome faces and communicate with us, bought a new laptop just to get it. So with a uh, doctor, you never cease to amaze me. Thank you, sir. I, I desperately wanted to be on the show. I had a, uh, uh, for work, I've got a pretty state-of-the-art laptop for personal use I had one that was several years old uh um Tut tried to help me out uh it it wouldn't download zoom and you know when I bought this little wonderful machine here it downloaded zoom in about four seconds and so <laughs> well well worth the price and uh yeah back in action this is all new to us brother we're all finding our way here um okay what was that third thing we do yaks we watch a glorious jewel of cinema Oh, before we get to that glorious jewel cinema, you haven't said anything about the cigar. Is that because you have nothing to say about the cigar? No, uh, I'm kind of like you. I'll, you know, right when I lit up, I did get that real blast of pepper, and it sort of, you know, calmed down a little bit. Uh, there was a, an initial. I agree with Tut. I had a little bit of sweetness on the cold draw. Couldn't identify it. Not a reason, you know gonna say maybe just because the 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 blonde ale i'm drinking is gonna maybe lean more towards like a citrus on that but right now i mean 
I'm getting maybe some on the, you know, right now after the initial light up, it, like I said, the pepper, and now I'm getting maybe just a little bit of earth and, and, and leather, but that's, as the doctor would say, it's too soon to tell. I'm, I'm literally, I, I still get that pepper on the nose and I'm getting beef and broccoli on the draw. Are you guys getting anything similar to that? No. Is this like a meal in a cigar? Is this like the Willy Wonka? Dude, I'm not getting anything. Maybe like uh, you said, uh, Yak Boy, a little bit of leather, uh, some little earthiness, but the, the, the draw is very faint. Like there's yeah, just that that leather is very very faint on the back of the draw going into the retro hell. It, it's just barely there. No, you got to hunt for it, and then there's no finish to the cigar. Like once once you've exhaled, it's it's gone. Like it's just there's not a lot uh, going on here. Um, so far, it's so a far, long, it's a long cigar. Uh, we'll we'll come back to it. Okay, um, so hopefully we fare better in the early goings with tonight's film than we are the the beer and the well you guys like your beers uh, yes oh yeah i'm the only one who struck out on this one uh, and the cigar doctor we said was too soon to tell too soon to tell yes uh, by the way i, I want to before we go into the uh, uh movie i want to send a shout out to the fred lobster social club out in east texas a bunch of dirt track racers to get together and have a damn good time all right that all about? They'll know. Are we we're able to do personal shout outs now? I just did. Cody, anybody? anybody <laughs> nothing, give nothing offhand. Something will definitely pop up later, and I'll be like, yes, I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it till. till <laughs> the... um, tonight's film will not disappoint like clown shoes beer or general chose cigar <laughs> samurai cop 1991 <laughs> this is a film that i knew within the first 10 minutes as i was watching it on the long plane ride down to nicaragua i'm gonna fit that in as much as i can just to oh shit look at that. <laughs> oh no I get the feeling here in just a little bit, a few more beers in, he's going to be doing that crane kick. Why does he own that? Why wouldn't I own the Karate Kid bandana? That's not actually the one he wore, is it? It is. It is literally the one pulled off his head from the set. No, it's not. He actually stole it from Ralph Macchio on the set, just <laughs> behind him and cold cocked him. Hey, you know, you know I love it when you boys put in a little bit of effort. Good job, Ty. Good job. Um, and that was really a little bit of effort. <laughs> oh. oh, there you go. I'd brotherhood you. I'd brotherhood you steal you right there. Okay, we. I watched this on the plane ride down to. Uh, I, I just like rubbing this drip into Tut's face. <laughs> Plane ride down to Nicaragua, about three hour plus flight from Houston. And I watched this movie twice. I literally, I could, Yax was sitting next to me. It finished, screen came up, watch again. You bet I'm watching this shit again. <laughs> this film was quite simply, in my humble opinion, gracious opinion, 
made for us. Like it was literally made for us to talk about and it makes me happy just that it exists and we're going to share that happiness with you at home tonight. Uh, it is directed by Iranian filmmaker Amir Shervan, who desperately wanted to come to America and make American-style action movies. And make them he did. Oh my God. Uh, you boys ready for this? I have to say, I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and because I, I won't be able to contain my my excitement on this. Normally, when you guys pull these types of movies, I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It was okay, whatever. Five minutes into this thing, I was like, oh my god, this is the most TNCC thing I've ever watched. Yeah. It is awesome. I'm on board. I'm on board. It is literally the ultimate TNCC movie. In five years, we finally found it. Like, we should probably stop after the show. <laughs> Wait, I think there's a sequel. There's a sequel. Uh, after a brief opening credit sequence uh, set to what sounds like 1990 Sega Genesis video game music. It's awesome. It was actually, I believe, from the original in a double dragon um they just went ahead and ripped it right off it just stole it it, it sounds oh, literally that's what i thought it was when we it, when it started because i was wasn't even paying attention i hit play i'm like all right i gotta get my drink and some snack did i did i just start, turn on my nintendo what's going on here like, actually I, I, in, in the spirit of the movie i should do this <laughs> uh we are immediately dropped into the seedy crime world of Los Angeles. Underboss Nakamura is trying to convince Yamashita that they are just a young gang still, and then he thinks they should make nice, make friends with all the other gangs, Chinese and Japanese, as there's enough money to be made for everyone. But Yamashita says that's entirely the boss man, Fujiyama's call. Yamashita is curiously played here by, help me out here, Doc, is it Robert Zadar? I think it's Robert Zadar. Zadar. Yeah. The maniac cop himself. And uh, I think to fans of the TNCC and people of our generation, um, maniac cop, of course, but also um, his, I think, most recognizable role to people would be uh, Tango and Cash. Yeah, he was one of the prisoners' face. Yes, he, he's he's the That's guy. That's who he does, was. He's the guy without without the beard. He's the guy that Stallone takes down at the beginning of the movie when he's driving the truck full of drugs. Stallone takes him down at the beginning, and then he's uh the one that in the prison fight that uh, him and him and Kurt Russell have that moment where he's like, "You broke that jaw." And they get they, they you know that you guy. Broke that Robert Stallone. Uh, I he, could I could not place either of those two, and then the moment you said maniac cop and then the moment you said tango i was like dude that's who he is yeah no he, he's a very distinct looking actor he's, he has just a giant broad jawline uh, but he's a good actor and he any any we're going to talk more about that later uh but he's also a he's also a white guy named yamashita um but that's this movie goes way. <laughs> One should not dig too deep into logic with Samurai Cop. Oh, and I should say, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize that Zadar, Robert Zadar passed away uh, about five years ago, 2015. Wow. Yeah, he's only, he's only about 64 or 65 years old. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Well, oh, and we might see him again this year because while doing some research on tonight's movie, I discovered he played Sam Hell, the Roddy Roddy Piper character in Hell Comes to Frogtown 2. They oh, made, we're going to go back to Frogtown, huh? They, they made a sequel, and he took Roddy Piper's place. How can we not watch that? <laughs> All right. Yeah, how, how could we not? All right. Um, basically, my next, three, my next three weeks of quarantine will be finding how we can watch Hell Comes to Frogtown 2 and watching it a thousand times. <laughs> the things I do for you boys. Awesome. Who knows? Maybe we'll decide that we need to uh, several years down the line pour out a, a booting for Robert Zadar. A post, uh, what would that be called? A, post a posthumous booting. Posthumous booting. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give you a posthumous booting next time I see you, Doc. <laughs> oh, buddy, I only hope that day comes. <laughs> uh, me as well, my man. Me as well. Well, anywho, he doesn't look like a Yamashita. He's just a giant white dude, but uh, we'll have to go with it. The big boss, Fujiyama, steps outside then, and man, what a sight he is, right? With that mustache and that hair. Oh, that sweet, sweet <laughs> mullet. There are some, oh, yes. There's some great hair in this movie. As he barks. Yes, there is. It's almost like he could hear their conversation from far away, because he barks, I will make friends with no one. And then he orders Yamashita to go ahead and kill one of the rival Chinese bosses, just like that. And when he gives an order, that's it. Done deal. Order of the katana. Fist bump. Oof. That's what they do. They bump fists and they go, oof. Oh, I'm sorry. Who did he bump fist with? That would be Okamura or uh, Nakamura. Yeah, I'm not going to let you slide past this guy. No, Okamura should be recognizable. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry. Ok Okamura is the uh, bald gentleman. Is there not the fast uh, from, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, ok and ok also the referee from uh, Hot Shots Part Two, when Charlie Sheen and the guy are fighting at the beginning, and they they, right. they crush his head in. Um, well, I, be I believe it is Okamura, and I, I incorrectly said Nakamura. There's some there's some differences between the closed captioning and the IMDb credits. Yeah. Okamura, correct, is played by an actual actor. I believe it's George Okamura, who was the Wing Kong. Ger Gerald. 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 Uh, who was the Wing Kong soldier in Big Trouble in China with the gold plated pistols. Uh, yeah, you, that mustache, how can you not recognize that guy immediately? Um, so, guess what? Ah. He, he orders him dead, and just like that, they corner Mr. Lee in Chinatown, stab him in the gut, and blast a couple of his goons in the process. He says it, it's done, oof. How's that? You carry, you carry out the orders of Big Boss. Oh, it's the way of the katana, Ted. With that headband, I would assume you know that. We then cut to Police HQ. Cody, that's short for headquarters? That is correct where African-American police detective Frank Washington and his Lily White temporary partner, Joe Marshall, are leaving the building. I'm responsible for bringing you here from San Diego. Are you sure this is going to be a good drug bust? Washington asked Joe. Yeah, it's cocaine, Joe says. 
Okay, good. That's their exchange. <laughs> they tell a patrolman <laughs> going by they're going to go catch some bad guys, and he wishes them luck. Man, the, 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 the dialogue is awesome. The dialogue in this thing is just so good. I'm assuming at this point <laughs> that everybody has noticed that the thing is almost entirely ADR. Like that's not oh, and, Dar's voice. Not at, one, not at one point he's got a real deep guttural voice. Not at one point do you hear him. Not only does it match poorly, and that that's uh, an understatement. Not only does it match poorly, but it's pretty much ADR throughout the whole thing. Oh, their ADR is spectacular in this movie. It is not even matched up. There's not even they don't even have the same actors delivering the the same lines for the same characters. It's almost like an old school kung fu movie from the 1950s or 60s where it's just dubbed by American actors. It really just doesn't match, but did it's not guys, even voices. Did you guys ever see, uh, was it Kevin Sorbo's uh, Pool Boy? Yes. Where they would do that intentionally. They had like, you know, just the most opposite voice come in for ADR and they would only sprinkle it every bit, but it was intentional. You could tell that they were just trying to get a laugh. This wasn't intentional, and that's why I love it. The the minuscule amount of research that I had the time to do uh, was that because of the budget, they basically shot all of the principal photography or most of it without any sound, and that it was the director himself, Amir Shirvan, who went back and warping his voice basically did all of the ADR, almost voiced all of the characters. Just, just that's why some of it sounds. Is it, is it weird boys that as the one guy out of four that has directed a movie or two here, I didn't, I didn't pick up on any ADR thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I would have thought you would have picked that up in the first 30 seconds. It, no, it's dude, it, it's sounded obvious. Now, granted, on the on the airplane, I watched it on my phone because I was on an airplane. But I, I watched it again last night on a on a large screen, and yeah, I, I didn't have any issues with the uh, the lip sync or the the ADR. That's all over the place. Uh, uh, maybe it's just what up, I'm, Mike Morgan, joining us on Facebook. Big Mike. So, Joe the Samurai Cop has a horrible long black wig on. Uh, tucked under, a, <laughs> tucked under a baseball cap, Martin Rigg style. And you'll see that wig come and go quite frequently as the actor had cut his hair once principal photography stopped. And then they asked him to come back and shoot a few quick scenes, but that turned out to be half the movie they, they shot. So in half the movie, he's got this long woman wig on with this bald, this horribly. But I love the fact is that the baseball cap isn't even like a. It's like literally sized out to here. It just, it, it, they like, here, just put this on. And it's, it literally is like the wig is attached to the baseball cap. Like it just, it's one of those. I literally, when he popped out of that airport, I was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and apparently the actor was not happy when he's like, I thought I was just coming back for a, a couple of quick shots. Like, no, nope, no. we got to do half the movie again. And and not only that, but wig and wig and pre-wig, there is a stark difference in the production value. Like you can see, like at the beginning when they're shooting this months earlier, that they still kind of had some money. And then oh, you can yeah. tell when he's got the wig on, 
it's just they're just out of like on they just went out to the mountains outside of la and just shot some shit yeah no i love this i'm gonna mention that because in the early parts of the film when somebody gets shot it's glorious blood squibs explosions but then in the last 30 minutes finale you'll see a guy get shot and there's no blood he just falls grabs himself and falls down it's just yeah they they, they had some budget probably not a very balanced budget uh production wise well washington radios his fellow officer and friend peggy yeah peggy and tells her to pilot the police helicopter over to where they are real fast. And within seconds, she's up in the air and she spotted the blue van they're following in Los Angeles rush hour. I'm not kidding. She's like almost on the ground. We need you to find a blue van. Gotcha. I got the blue van. Okay. <laughs> now, Peggy, I need you to watch for a boat now, he tells her as she flies over the ocean. There's a lot of boats. Joe grabs the radio from Washington and tells the very cute blonde Peggy, just keep your eye on that blue van. It'll lead you to the right boat in the marina. Okay, Joe, keep it up, she tells the samurai cop. Oh, it's up and ready. You just keep it warm. Oh, it's warm and ready, Joe, Peggy reports back with a smile. Chapter one in things that are no longer appropriate in the workplace. If they're not making a good deal with Prime, whoever owns the rights to this film can just sell it off at like workplace seminars. Here it is, folks. This is inappropriate. <laughs> oh, it's it. warm. <laughs> Samurai Joe winks at Washington. Peggy's into him. While Peggy giggles with her co-pilot. This is some really stellar banter we're getting here between these two, huh? Hey, oh. between her and Anna Nicole Smith, is just every Los Angeles helicopter pilot some busty hot blonde? <laughs> Was that the requirement for the job? I'd like to think so. Well, she can't drive a helicopter, but damn it, she's sexy. You're hired. Oh, and it gets better. He tells Peggy, oh, and don't let him notice you up there. Okay, I'll blend in with all these other helicopters circling over. The- <laughs> How the hell do you mask a helicopter? I'll try to stay in the clouds, Joe. <laughs> what the hell? It's sunny California. There are no clouds. I was like waiting for them to like show like a, like, Far away scene of just the helicopter like above the city, like don't let him see you. Like she's out there like putting like a news sticker on there, like, nope, we're not the cops. I don't know why I just thought that was so funny telling a helicopter not to hide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking Batcopter from the nineteen sixties Batman. It's just <laughs> At this point, I thought, you know, maybe he was gonna show like a picture and literally the helicopter is like right over the blue van, like <laughs> he doesn't see me. Well, the bad behind guys in the boat behind palm tree give the bad guys in the van some briefcases, just like Samurai Cop said they would. And then a car chase ensues. It's basically five minutes of walking. Well, but I, 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 what you got? I, I love how they that when they get to the marina. This this is one scene I was like, you just know that all these 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 hardcore drug dealers mean business. The guy gets out, he opens it up. Stay here. The you know, two guys in the back, they have to let you know because they've got their guns like really like right here <laughs> next to their faces. Like, you got it. We're, we're ready. Like, you know, I mean, he literally just like, he's holding the gun to like the side of his head. Like, hey, when I tell you two numb nuts to be ready, that's the kind of preparedness I'd like to see. Oh, you're going to see it. Got it. <laughs> ready, Cade. Got this. 
Uh, well, basically, this car chase is nothing but Washington saying, go, go faster, over and over again. Oh, as, God. As Samurai Cop says, shoot, shoot him, over and over again. Washington finally shoots one of the thugs, and he falls out the back of the blue van, and Samurai Cop just runs his ass over. They finally crash. Watch out. And they just, I love it, because they both kind of look back like, what? Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be a lot of paperwork. In this movie is just so effing awesome. Well, the bad guys finally crash the blue van into the side of the mountain, which causes it to erupt into flames, sending the driver <laughs> out, or at least a stuntman who looks nothing like the driver. Like the driver was an older Hispanic man. This is like a seven foot tall white stuntman. So he gets out of the car <laughs> I and goes Middle Eastern. He gets out of the car and goes in flames. Washington and Samurai Cop get a fire extinguisher and a blanket and put them out. And while they're putting them out, they couldn't even tell him, like, don't look towards the camera. He looks right at the camera, calmly, <laughs> on playing this big-ass white dude. From up in the helicopter, this is, I love this part. Peggy says into her walkie-talkie, good job, guys. This calls for a celebration. You got it. See it at your place, says Samurai Cop. He's standing outside putting that gut. He has no walkie-talkie. He just sensed her words. Code of the Samurai. But I just, still just thought it was some good-natured banting, like, I had to see at your place. He's just that damn good. She's talking on a walkie-talkie in a helicopter, and he's walked... Oh, my God. <laughs> Get this. We cut to Peggy's bedroom. Whoa, boy. That's why I thought it was a joke. I thought, like, oh, see at your place. Now they are at her place. <laughs> Boom. Next scene, we're at her big bubbly place. Where <laughs> Samurai Cop and Peggy make sweet, tender love to some gentle music. Joe stabs her repeatedly with his samurai sword of love. Back and forth, back and forth until... Okay, guys, let me see your hands. If I'm going to do this, I want to see all your hands on the deck. All right, there we go. You know, this really needed... Uh... I was a little disappointed that it didn't have a, a real sort of love song there, you know? Like, he's your samurai, making love is the name of his game. He's your samurai, tomorrow morning you won't be walking the same. <laughs> they didn't have anything like that. Uh, budget problems, man, budget problems. Boy, she, she is beautiful. She is. I was really expecting more of the double dragon music to be played. It just had been awkward. To... Hey, I just I came said, up with that. Either that or the laser suit. You could just follow He's... along, like, you know, yeah. you're playing a little controller, like, jump, jump, kick. He's uh, my samurai. Sorry. I just thought that should have been playing while the lovemaking was going on. Good point. You needed a lovemaking theme song. Sweet lovemaking, I needed a ballad. I just, uh, boy, I just thought she was just incredibly beautiful. You know what else is beautiful, boys? What's That's that? right. I'm talking about Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigars. It's a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Grande Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Yak boy and I've been there. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, or that translates to bundles of tobacco, to those of you who've never been on Cigar Safari. 
which are then loaded strategically. Uh, he just keeps turning that knife. <laughs> Cody and I have been there. To those of you who haven't been there, how dare you talk that way to Samurai Chuck Berry? Uh, water is then added to those oak bourbon barrels while immense pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two, three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. We'll get it. Used to be you had to go to pappyco.com to get these. Now you can get them anywhere. And, Todd, I'm sorry about the little jigs about Cigar Safari, but... That's all right. Hey, That's what I was signed up for. You're getting this. Huh? Actually, I might smoke one of these later tonight. <laughs> um, Tut, so yeah, friend Yak Boy um, just uh, took took a production break. We'll call them those. Uh, I will as well now. Before we get back into the film, would you mind giving our audience some links in the meantime? Take your time. While you are sequestered away in quarantine and you need to do some stuff, you need to buy some stuff, a good place to go buy things is at Amazon.com. If you go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, find the Amazon banner that's there on the homepage, click on that Amazon banner, and do your shopping from there. We get a little bit of a kickback for sending you to Amazon. It doesn't cost you a thing, and you can do all your quarantine shopping and help us pay some bills. We're not doing anything, so we need the money to help pay the bills. And yeah, that's about it. It's just all about us helping to pay the bills. So click on the Amazon banner at TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Do your shopping from there, and you'll help us out. By the way, here's where we're going to help you out. If you go to Famous Smoke Shop, actually, no, 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 no. Don't go there. Don't go there yet. Go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner. Then do your shopping from there. It's going to take you to a page, but if you don't find anything that you want to, which is highly unlikely, but if you don't want to find something that, there that you like, do a little search on fav, uh, famoussmokeshop.com. Find whatever you want. Then when you're in checkout, here's the deal. Click your promo code, TNCC20. That's TNCC20, and you will get 20% off. That's like uh, orders over $100. So if you buy $100 worth of stuff, you click TNCC20, you will get 20% off. That's 20 bucks off. Man, that's a mighty fine deal. It is. It is. Oh, crap. They're still gone. I still have to do some filler stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, you can join us on Instagram uh, at TNCC underscore podcast. You're watching us on Facebook.com, so why don't you go ahead and hit the like button and subscribe to us there. Go over to Tuesday Night Cigar Club on YouTube and uh, you know subscribe to this there as well. With uh, Amazon cutting back, uh, they're kind of cutting back their royalties, so you know what? It's just in time for Google to say, hey, guess what? Welcome to the affiliate program because you have over a thousand subscribers, and we're like, hell yeah. So... Why don't you just go on to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, hit the subscribe. You'll find out every time that we're doing live. And, uh, man, just watch us there. Or watch us on Facebook. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is all new to us. Uh, I never really envisioned us as a live uh, entity. Uh, but Tut has been 
preaching this is the way of the future for a long time so we're uh giving this a yeah now the future's here it sucks the old college try but i went to to sam houston by the way uh shout out to ryan lesker who's joining us on facebook oh my older brother from another mother hello ryan okay well we then join yamashita and some other white guy japanese gangsters love it talking japanese while sipping tequila nothing makes this is like this is like uh okay so it was an iranian director and this is whitewashing before whitewashing was even coined <coughs> oh did i say something bad there i don't think so go on okay no i was just i was like holy crap man that's a i was like here we are in a movie called Samurai Cop, and the only samurai are two white dudes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yamashita's main squeeze, a sizzling hot redhead. I, I'm not a redhead guy, but holy Toledo. Announces that the boss is coming as Fujiyama descends the staircase with that mustache and mullet. He's pissed that his man got captured alive by the so-called samurai cop. Yamashita informs his boss that the samurai is a detective from San Diego named Joe Marshall. He was trained by the samurai masters in Japan, and he's been brought here to bring them down. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta imagine after Joe Marshall went over to Japan and trained with those samurais, they all just stabbed themselves in the fucking gut, and we're done. Yeah, this is the end of samurais. This fucking goober is. Our 2,000-year-old legacy is down to this guy. We blew it. We blew it. Uh, Fujiyama instructs his underling to bring him the head of his badly burned soldier and place it on his white piano as an example of what happens when you're captured alive and might talk. Let this be a lesson to the entire Katana gang. I said it earlier, and this really solidifies. I need to start enacting some more stricter disciplinary measures on you guys. Yeah, but couldn't you put the head on pike out in the garden? You know, there's a little zen pond no. out there with some koi fish. Why, why, why ruin that nice piano? Exactly. His white piano. He wants that. Oh. He wants that blood to show. Now you can chop our heads off. Now take him to be tortured. <laughs> now take him to be tortured. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at LAPD HQ, man, that's a lot of letters to stay together, isn't it? Uh, that's Y E S. Los Angeles Police Department headquarters. Samurai cops sitting around telling a story to the guys about how one night he was in bed with the world's most beautiful woman. Hey, a pissed off Peggy shoulders him. She's right behind him. She still loves him. She doesn't care. Uh, oh, that's samurai. But his sexy story's cut short when a pissed off Captain Roma sticks his head in, demanding to see Washington and Samurai Joe in his office. We just saw this in Shotgun Jones. The angry police captain. Oh, one of my favorite characters of 80s and 90s cop dramas. Me too. And I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I say it later. This guy's my new favorite. <laughs> Forget the I, guy last action hero with the smoke coming out of his ears. This he, guy, this guy right. is standard. I was thinking the exact same thing. Last action heroes my, was my favorite cop. This guy. Well, remember that the the actor in Last Action Hero, Frank McRae, was basically making fun of himself because he played the police chief in the original 48 Hours. 
who yelled yeah, that's true. Andy Murphy. So he's kind of he's kind of making fun of himself in Last Action Hero. That's kind of the the template for it. Um, Captain Roma was one of the few guys that seemed to actually <laughs> say his own lines rather than have ADR. At yeah, least he, he, actually, he actually seemed to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, that's why he stood out so much to you. <laughs> well, Especially he, with his dialogue. I've got a club shoved up my ass. <laughs> it hurts. We'll get to that, Yax. <laughs> I try to remove it. Well, in the 10 seconds it takes him to leave the break room, Samurai Joe flirts with yet another chick right in front of Peggy. The guy's insatiable. No, he looks at like three different women. Like every, everybody he passes is some hot babe, and he's all, he kind of just turns around and gives her a look, and she's getting all hot. And looking I mean, at- come on. With that hair, you're going to be pulling all, all kinds of stuff. Well, it's worth mentioning at this point before we move any further that both the actor playing uh, Washington and uh, Samurai Cop are just terrible. I mean, they're really, really (laughs) just incredibly bad performers. Horrible, and that's what makes it so damn good. But I'll say this. Every time Washington is on the screen, I'm like, man, this guy's having the time of his life. I just, I appreciate, there was something about it. Normally when we get into these movies, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But damn it, this movie had heart. This had spirit. I, I loved it. And uh, Washington is thinking like, damn it, I could have been Arsenio Hall stunt double. That didn't work out. So I'm just going to take whatever roles they give me. <laughs> I, I do find it curious because you were so anti-Shotgun Jones, Tut, and his partner. Yeah. And their dynamic and their, their talent. But the, these... These guys are working for you. All right, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't say this because we work on some projects together. But every scene in this movie, I could picture myself on that set. I'm like, it, it, there was something visceral about it to where I'm like, I, I just felt in tune with this project. I don't know why. You're saying you felt like it was a Matt Cade film. No, I'm saying that it was. It could have been shot by Jason Tuttle. I think either way I read that, it's an insult. But I'm starting to read it as Tut wants to put me in a black speedo and shoot some sort of cop movie. I'm not oh. sure how I feel about that. Let's not bring up that sweet banana Wait. gimmick just yet. Excuse, excuse me. Let me do this real quick. Let me make sure I got. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of terrible things, <laughs> terrible things. How's the cigar treating you guys? Pretty terrible. Actually, it's not treating me terribly. It's not treating me like anything. It just actually walked out of this place. It just, it's not here. Um, that that retro hail has stayed peppery. The, yeah. the raw has stayed earthy. Um, with that, that really hard to you got to look for it leather. There, there's also a little bit of woodsiness there. Uh, the middle, I'm, I'm about, it was a long-ass cigar. I'm, I'm probably a little over halfway through. Uh, it, it feels like some woodsiness has entered it a little bit. It, I've had a little bit of trouble. It, it, the ash doesn't hang long. Uh, you got to watch no. that ash. And I, I, I have had to relight. I don't know if that's because I've been talking so much or if it. If it if no, it, I've had to relight a couple times. Um yeah, man, I just heard such great feedback on the egg roll they released last year that I was so excited um, to get our hands on these because I, I, I do have a soft spot for punch. Uh, my yeah. first 
my first cigar that I, premium cigar that I ever smoked was a punch, Royal Coronation Tubo. And I keep two boxes of punch. Um, that punch we did on the show last last time was really, really oh, the good. The Diablo. Yeah we, yeah, we did the Diablo. But I, I keep two boxes of punch uh, in my humidor at all times. The London Club, very small cigars, Maduro and Natural. Those are my go-to cigars for when people are over at the house who I know they want a cigar, but they they won't appreciate it, or they just I just need to give them a good a, a decent cigar that you know they're drinking and just I just I give them a punch London Club. Yeah. Um, so I, I do it kind of have a soft spot, but man, yeah. The, I, so far, I'm I'm pretty disappointed in this one. Uh, not as disappointed as the beer, but still. You guys beer at least treating you better than mine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't go great. wrong with a native Texan. Nice Pilsner. Good Pilsner. Okay. Well, the detectives are sent over to the hospital to check in with the smoldering heap of brisket that used to be a Katana member. Dude, his head is completely wrapped in bandages with blood still oozing out of the bandages. Oh, yeah. Well, he but got they, burned pretty bad. They'd let you know he got burned really bad in about eight different lines of dialogue but they ask can we talk to him he's got no lips they've been burned off can we speak to the poor bastard and this really hot blonde nurse is like his lips have been burned off it'll be a few weeks uh and then this juicy exchange of dialogue takes place as she's leaving the room this doctor of course as you guys mentioned earlier a doctor Everywhere he goes, Joe looks up and down the women. So she notices that he's looking her up and down. Do you like what you see? She asked the leering samurai Joe. I love what I see. Would you like to touch what you see? Yes. Yes, I would. Would you like to go out with me? Yes, I would. Would you like to fuck me? Washington can't believe his ears as he makes some goofy faces. Hold on. That's, that's, yeah. Here, here, interspersed is the Washington stuff. Uh, Joe speaks directly into her stethoscope. Bingo. Yeah, he, he would like to <laughs> make love to her. Well, let's see what you've got, she says, as she reaches down. This is all in the hospital hallway. There's like people walking by. She reaches down and grabs his samurai wiener. Uh, it doesn't interest me. There's nothing there. Nothing there. Just exactly what would interest you. Something the size of a jumbo jet. Cut back to Washington. Have you been circumcised, she asks. Yeah, why? Your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. No, he was a good doctor. Good doctors make mistakes too. That's why they buy insurance. Hey, don't worry. I've got enough. It's big. Cut back to Washington. I want bigger, she says as she walks off, which prompts Washington to start chasing after her. Hey, I got something hey. for you. <laughs> Man, uh, so, if you could have seen my face watching this scene on that airplane. <laughs> oh my God, they would have kicked me off if they knew what I was up to. Oh man, I'd love, I, again, in the spirit of this damn movie, I can, I can literally picture myself on that set with them looking at, you know, pulling Washington aside. It's like, all right, now we're going to do some cutaway shots with you, Washington. All right, so I need you to look 
Like, all right, Joe's over here. Now, now, Nada, not, not at him, not him. All right, now give a surprise face to the camera. In three, two, one. I just. Yeah, Amir Shervan is sitting there going, "All right, we're on you now. Now you're just you're you're hearing all this stuff. Like, do you want to fuck? Now you just kind of give us this. Uh, give me, give me all fifty-five basic human emotion responses, and we'll just keep rolling. Let's just get we'll get them all. And we'll play with them in the editing room." Uh, it's painfully obvious to me, boys, at this point, the director is trying to, A, recreate the Murtaugh Riggs dynamic with Washington Samurai Joe, and he has no idea how to do that, much like we saw in Shotgun Jones. He also doesn't have Mel Gibson and uh, Danny Glover. <laughs> and B, the director wants to show us some of that classic Martin Riggs, Mel Gibson, 1980s charm. Remember, Riggs was always charming the, oh, yeah. the ladies in those movies. But the director has zero talent to accomplish that either. He's trying. Oh, he's swinging for the fences, man. I love it. Yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta love it. There was not a second in this entire movie that I thought that they were phoning it in, cashing a check, or whatever. They were going for it. And there were no checks to cash. <laughs> They're not trying to make something bad. They're trying to make something good. I know. That's why I love it. This, it's got spirit. It's got, a, it's got a heart to it. Does. I think I'm going to put some of those Washington faces on my dating profile. <laughs> I like the third one. <laughs> no, this one. <laughs> this one? <laughs> that one. Well, they aren't out of the hospital five minutes before Yamashita and his girlfriend. God, she's just strikingly gorgeous. Am I right? She is. I actually uh, thought it was Tony Katane at the beginning. <laughs> you thought it was Tony Katane from White Snake? Yeah. Uh, well, she uh, she and uh, Yamashita enter the hospital disguised as nurses. And once they get in the room, Yamashita cuts the guy's noggin off with a samurai sword. She cleans his blade, and Yamashita removes his severed head. They make a good team. Did anybody else lose it when she pulled the sheet off of the little cart and he was all crouched down in there? Yeah, I really. He's a big dude. He's a huge man. He's all stuck in there. He's He hit him in a laundry basket. Uh, first of all, I don't. Think you don't be able to push him. You don't really see that, like when you know she's going in there. She's like, "I'm gonna, you know, take out the trash or whatever." And it looks like she's just pushing like a little like trash can. But then when he actually gets in there, it's like a full-blown laundry cart. So I'm like, I didn't know what was going on. But like, when he did jump out, I'm like, I thought he was jumping out of a tiny little trash can. So it's like, I was just like, wait, what just happened here? Because I was, once again, he is tough. literally a huge dude. Well, a few numbnut hospital security guards try to stop them as they escape out in the parking lot. But Yamashita chops Sui's their ass. Hey, you, you need to stop. Hey, he chopped sueyed their asses. Uh, uh, uh. Tying it all together, boys. Back at LAPD HQ, Captain Roma's giving the boys hell. Samurai Joe's been here less than a week from San Diego, and the captain's already getting his job threatened, his pension taken away, and he thinks he's on the verge of a heart attack. I feel like I got a big club up my ass and it hurts. And I don't know how to get it out, he yells as he sinks down in his chair. Washington pleads with him to give Joe a second chance. And when the grumpy captain finally gives in, Washington runs over to his side of the desk and plants a big wet kiss on his forehead. You son of a bitch! 
get back here, motherfucker. But when the detectives are out of the room, he can't help but sit there and chuckle. He's an old softy. I, I, I love that. I love these furious police captain roles like Tut does. And this guy is just great. The good thing that I like about it is that you very rarely get to see the the five seconds after they've left the room where the guy just sits back. It's like, love those guys. Yeah, you see the fire and brimstone. You don't see the, the soft the soft core. The soft core. Doctor, can your core be too soft? My God, man, I don't think that's possible. You should have a soft core. It's just unbelievably how soft it could be. Like Every pe- nerve ending in your body is on fire with the softness of your core. <laughs> like a peach core. <laughs> now we just need washing in. <laughs> What happened in there, Peggy asks as they walk out of the captain's office. Are you out or are you in? Baby, I'm always in, Samurai Cop says. Keep it warm. A fellow cop, Patrolman Johnson, tells Washington and Samurai Joe <laughs> no pun intended. that Fujiyama has been seen hanging out the Blue Lagoon restaurant downtown. Also, he says, two rival Japanese gangs, the Shinjuku and the Ginza gangs, are willing to co- cooperate with the cops to help bring the katana down. Joe says, no, we'll use them when the time's right, but the time isn't right. It's time for him and Washington to head down to the Blue Lagoon. So he tells Peggy to keep it warm for him as he might swing by her place later. It being her. <laughs> yes, yes. And he it. might swing by, because he's just got ass lined up from here to Reseda. Oh, and she's, but she's cool with that. She's like, all right, Joe. She's starting to sense she's about to get kicked at the curb. He's Joe ah. Samurai Marshall. Come on. Over at the Blue Lagoon restaurant, the entire Katana leadership is having a nice brunch. Fujiyama gifts the restaurant's owner, Jennifer, a beautiful piece of jewelry just as Washington and Samurai Joe enter the scene. Joe immediately insults Fujiyama. Is this your shit katana gang? Which prompts Yamashita to stand up, and there's a stare down between him and Samurai Joe. Oh, he's going crazy eyes, too. And Washington's involved. I can't even do the crazy eyes of him. Dude, also, it's like Yamashita's eyes, Joe's eyes, then they cut to Washington. Kind of expect him to do like the Chris Farley from the Schmidt Gay commercials. Half of Washington's screen time are just cutaways of him looking confused or bewildered. I love it. There's a bunch of really terrible dialogue delivered in this scene, so much so that many of you listeners probably would accuse me of making it up if I recounted it for laughs, so I won't retell it. But I will leave you with these closing remarks that Samurai Cop says before he walks out of the restaurant. Yes, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate businesses, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our school children through schools and on the streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags shipped back to Japan for fertilizer. You remember that? Cut to Washington. 
<laughs> Do you remember that great scene in Lethal Weapon 2 uh, where Riggs threatens the South the South African bad guy? Diplomatic immunity. Before that, when he first approaches him and he like really tries to get under his skin, and it's a really creepy, effective scene. Like you're like, I don't know if he should be really fucking with these dudes. This is <laughs> this is trying this is trying very hard to be that, but it's just terrible. Well, it also includes <laughs> it also includes the they give Japanese immigrants a bad name. I think it, Joey. I think Samurai Coffee said one. There are some good ones. <laughs> he said that. Yeah, he's like there are good Japanese, but the the other thing is the scene with with all of them at the table was shot like seven months earlier. So when, when he's delivering his his come to Jesus America, you know, bluebirds and apple pie speech, that's just him and Amir Sherbon's office just saying it to like a, a pot of that potted plant behind Tut. That's it. That's his acting partner at that point when he's giving that speech. Hey, you can tell because he's got the wig on and his skin color is totally different. Well and it changes too because when they go in the restaurant he has his normal hair, his real hair. But then several times when they cut to him in the scene, he's got the he's got the wig. And he's clearly been to a tanning salon. His skin is orange, or this is the 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 lack of lighting. Oh, it's beautiful. As they leave, right after Samurai Joe asks Jennifer what an all-American girl like her is doing with this geek Fujiyama, he calls him a geek. Hey, it was the 80s. That was an insult back then. Yeah, but dude, with that mullet and that mustache, you're not a geek. If you're a crime bot, come on. <laughs> Joe I just like how Joe has been laid the day before by Peggy. He's tried to lay the nurse. And now an hour later, he's at the restaurant. And he's making goo-goo eyes at the hot blonde working there. This dude just crushes ass. I mean, he's just... Joe goes after it, man. Samurai cop. <laughs> he's my stand. Here's where things get... Man, I, I don't fail you a lot audience members as, a, as your trusty narrator, but I honestly just can't do this justice. On their way out, Joe proceeds to tell a fucking eccentric as all hell waiter to deliver a message to Jennifer that he thinks she's hot and he wants to see her again. Seriously, boys. I can help you. <laughs> I can't even begin to describe this scene or this waiter. If you have Amazon Prime, skip to 34 minutes into Samurai Cop and just watch it. You'll understand why I, I'm throwing out the white flag. I, I don't understand why you're talking about that, Kate. I can't even begin to describe what happens in these two minutes on screen. It's so fucking crazy. When Tut just did the I can help you line, that, that reminded me of Big Trouble Little China. I can, I can help you. I can help you. <laughs> I just can't. I can't even try it. It, it's just so crazy, and that waiter is the most insane character I've ever seen in any movie. And, and you know it was supposed to be comic relief, but at the same time, it was so bizarre. You're just watching it like, well, this, this is supposed to be funny. Well, I, I think he was like the, I, I think he was like the comedic, stereotypical gay guy uh, that they were supposed to throw in for a comedic laugh, but it just went bananas quickly. I thought, and this would have been awesome. If you could have made this movie more awesome, this is how you would do it. Because the director is obviously so in love with Lethal Weapon 2, I thought this was going to be the Joe Pesci. The Joe Pesci. <laughs> He's going to join them and like go on their <laughs> with them. 
he was going to be around the whole movie. Oh man, this movie could have. That's what I thought because it like, could have taken that kind of awesomeness. He's got way too much screen time in this like thing. Like they're building up his character for it's something. A, it's a three, anything. It's a three-minute conversation with his waiter, just trying to tell her that he that Joe that Samurai Cop thinks his boss is hot, and this guy is just just go to thirty-four minutes in the movie and just. Do, do you could have had the whole second half of the movie play off of that guy as the Pesci character, as you said, and Washington just reacting to everything he said. <laughs> Doctor, I would watch that movie every day of my life. <laughs> that would be my morning routine. Get up, brush your teeth, put your contacts in, watch Samurai Cop, that version. <laughs> as they reach their car in the parking lot, Yamashita emerges from the restaurant, and he's not happy. We know this because he unleashes a small katana army, you know, the Japanese gang of middle-aged white guys, Mexican dudes, and even a large ponytail black guy. No Every Japanese. Everyone no with the greatest hair ever. There are no Japanese guys in this Japanese mafia. <laughs> to, and he sends them out to rough up the detectives. Seriously, Todd, if you ever wanted to join a crime syndicate, this would be the one for you. I think so. I think they would take you in with open, especially with that hair. Yeah, they would. Oh, they would absolutely. Because they took a guy with this hair. A little late, you'll find him later on. Do you, think, do you think these were actual like people that showed up at an audition? Or do you think that Shirvan just was around this little strip of bars and restaurants in LA and just found the big mulleted drunks that were sitting there drinking at three in the afternoon and just said, hey, I need you for five minutes. I want you to oh, see. Oh, man, I don't know. Because that was another thing too, Cade. Uh, you'll notice the entire movie was shot in daylight. They, there's not one night scene in the whole movie, and that's because, uh, according to the, the IMDb, uh, Shervon couldn't afford proper lighting, so they just shot everything in the day. So I'm picturing those big black dudes, those big white guys with the mullets. Those are the sort of guys that were walking out of these bars in LA at three in the afternoon on a Tuesday. And he was like, Hey man, come here. You want me 20 bucks? I love it. I absolutely love it. That makes sense. Um, well, Samurai cop takes out everybody. He even chops off one Katana soldier's arm with a samurai sword. <laughs> the guy reaches into his truck for a samurai sword, like behind the seat. And Joe just takes it from him and chops his arm off. Washington basically waits till Samurai cop kicks their asses. Then he goes over and kicks them in the balls when they're on the ground. I love, I love that part. He be, Joe beats the crap out of a guy, and then he falls over, and then Washington comes in. And he just gives him a kick. <laughs> Finally, Yamashito has seen enough as he breaks out an Uzi and starts shooting everybody before tossing a grenade under the detective sedan and calmly walking away. Remember, no Katan gets captured alive, so he's shooting his own men. Yeah vote of silence. God, look what he did to my car. Captain Roma's gonna burn my ass, says Washington. Yeah, Samurai Cop says. He's gonna burn it charcoal black. My ass is black. Right on, Samurai Cop says. They do a high five and a low five. What the fuck? Uh, and that was about the same. That, that was actually a little bit better than their performance, by the way. Oh, yeah, was, I, I should have played both those guys. It's 1990. Oh. You've got sexual harassment, inappropriate things at work, and rampant racism, and nobody cares. Right on. 
Well, you, you'd think that the fact they saw Yamashito do all that shit with the Uzi would be cause for his arrest, but no. The next day, Fujiyama's high-dollar lawyer's in Captain Roma's office telling him his client isn't happy and he'll see the police department in court. You motherfucker, I'll see you in hell. Get out of here, you asshole, and leave me alone. Man, I love that guy. I love that. I'll see you in court. I'll see you in I'll hell. You in hell. <laughs> Just waiting for him to be like, get he out loves, of my he, I'm going to take his club out of my ass, beat you to death with it. And it stinks because it's been in my ass for two days. Samurai Cop returns back to the Blue Lagoon the next day and makes his way into Jennifer's office, which looks straight up like an early 90s porno set. Simple desk. I'm I'm fairly certain that it is with the yarn lion on the wall. Simple desk, white walls, a picture that looks very much like the picture behind Doctor's uh, head there. We talking about that is a high. That is the picture European art, sir. It's, it's real art, see? It's real art. Crazy. I mean, it's not real. It's not real from history, Tut. And this crazy lion head that's really creepy. But dude, it looks very much like an early '90s porno set. She doesn't seem at all concerned about the 200 or so Uzi rounds were fired in her parking lot the previous day. They just make small talk, which honestly was done a lot better in most early '90s pornos. <laughs> This is just a social call, Samurai Cop says. You see, I think you're kind of pretty. He likes that. Dick Nasty and Peter North are like, man, we could have been in this movie. Totally. TT Boy would have rocked as Samurai Cop. (laughs) Anyway, Samurai Cop Joe fills her in on the illegal activities of her Japanese friends. It turns out Mr. Fujiyama swooped in when her dad died to help with cash flow for the restaurant. And he's kind of just been around ever since. And He's taking kind of a liking to Jennifer. But what he's really there to do, Samurai Cop, is ask her out on a date, which she politely declines. She's Friday and Saturday. As you know, Cody, those are the busiest days in the restaurant. Yes, they are. Sunday, she's going to church, so she can't do anything then. On his way out of the Blue Lagoon, a bunch of Katana members attack Samurai Cop again, two days in a row, same place. But he easily breaks all their bones and even captures one of them and gets him to talk. The guy says he was sent by the bald Japanese man, Okamura, to kill Joe. So now it's payback time. Tut, you still hanging on that cigar? Yeah. Uh, uh, in, the, in the very last third, it does pick up a little bit, introduce you a little bit more volume of flavor. Uh, you do get pronounced, uh, you get some woodsy characteristics into it. That leather comes, it's a, It's easier to find on uh, the leather now. The final uh, third is by far the best. Yeah, the strength picks up a little bit. It actually, it actually presents itself as a cigar. But for two-thirds being non-existence. Uh, Did you get, Tut, I think we're about the same place. Did you get just a little bit past into the final third? Did you get a little bit of low main? I couldn't tell you low main, man. Little crab wonton in there, perhaps? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a straight General So's man. <laughs> Good on oh, you. General So, you're a bloodthirsty foe, but your chicken is delectable. The best. Uh, so 
They're going. What about you, Yak? Same. I, the you're about final third. I, I am yeah. finding that all the things that we kind of were struggling to grasp onto in the first two thirds presented themselves more openly in the final third. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean, wood, it, the leather, everything kind of just was like, oh yeah, we are here. Just kind of validate us. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's you know nothing. Nothing special. Yeah, no, I mean, it. there hasn't been any sort of, you know, major transitions. A little bit, I mean, the Pepper's been there the whole time. I'm, I'm, I like that. The, the leather, all that, I mean, it's very subtle, but it's there. But beyond that, I mean, it's. It's a forgettable cigar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. I'll, I'll totally have forgotten about it, except for the name and the packaging. It is cool packaging. Like I said, um, it looks like a little to-go box of... Uh, I, I couldn't find when... Uh, man, I had to move fast uh, to get you guys cigars to for the quarantine. Yeah. Set up. So I actually usually try to find five packs. I couldn't find a five pack. So we actually... One time I got a splurge on a box uh, it's a dud, but uh, <laughs> it's a better with age. We'll stick it in the TNCC archives. It actually might. I mean, who knows? We'll revisit it. We'll revisit. Yeah. Um, By the way, I have to. I have to give a shout out to that Pilsner from uh, uh, the native Texan because if if you're looking like especially in especially once August gets here and that nice Texas soft Texas hundred degree heat sets in. That's a nice, nice beer. It's not a, it's not an IPA type deal. It's not like the Hans Pils, which has a has more of an IPA characteristic to it. You get a lot of little bitterness there to it. That's why I like the Hans. Nice. A little bit of a little bit of hops to it. This is just a nice, crisp man. You could go out there, mow your grass in a hundred degree heat, come in, have that pil- have that uh, native Texan Pilsner, and it would be refreshing as all get out. So we got a big thumbs up for the native Texan Pilsner. Yaks, how you liking the, was it the bubbly? The big bubbly blonde? Yeah. It, uh, for, this is their, their blonde ale, their, you know, their flagship. It's, uh, I like it. It's solid, just like what Tut said. I mean, it is, it is the one barrel beer I have not had. Oh, you got to try it. We have been, uh, we've been real quick. We have been ordering, um, the, we mentioned it on our on our last show. Uh, the governor of Texas, uh, who, speaking of numb nuts, I don't normally agree with anything this douchebag does, but he actually did a really good thing with breweries in Texas where he allowed them to deliver and do curbside mm-hmm. and stay in business. Yeah. And so uh, every weekend, I, I have been getting Barrow beer, uh, and p- they have a pizza truck. Uh, I've been having beer and pizza delivered. I've been getting growlers, um, and I'm really thankful that because man, the draconian Texas liquor laws like that's huge for us to get. That's that's very huge. Growlers of beer delivered to us, and I'm going to be curious how they walk back from that. Like, I hope they don't. I hope they don't at all. Like, once this shit's over, it's going to be like, all right, now you have to stop. Why? Yeah. So, Society didn't crumble in, in, into, uh, you know, satanic masses. Everything was, you know, this is a, a good thing. Why don't we just keep this train rolling, baby? 
I will say it's funny uh, for for my little local brewery here, uh, Redhorn. They put out an ad, uh, or not an ad, but a Facebook deal saying, hey, and by the way, if you get jammed up for some uh, groceries, uh, we have something here. Welcome to the Redhorn Market. And it's got like some bananas and some fruits there. And then some weird like uh, organic toilet paper there. I, and I guarantee you that they're doing that to hedge their bets. Like should should the, if, if things got worse and they were like, all right, we got to shut down the the craft breweries they're like hey we do market too we're selling produce as well you know what that's been a really interesting thing with this whole thing is uh there's a movie theater in a small town in between where cody and i live that is old vintage retro movie theater um they started selling you know 20 huge bags of movie theater popcorn to go and then they they gravitate towards Dude, 75 bucks, you get like a gallon of milk, uh, eggs, bread. Like these places are finding ways to stay viable and to deliver stuff. Like you get two rolls of toilet paper, a roll of paper towels. I like it. Uh, Fight, man. Fight. Dude, support these people. I mean, they're, 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 they're trying. Give them, give them your business. Uh, we try, like I said, once a week, we at least support the brewery. Um, another day a week we support our look our look nearby Whataburger. Gotta keep that place, <laughs> uh, which is now awesome, dude. They've adapted. You order your burgers on the app, and you go and you pull in the curbside, and they bring your Whataburger out to you. It's it's a. I don't like be liking this whole system a little too. Guy, I don't like talking to people and dealing with. I shit. know. Like, this is kind of nice in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, other than I have to wear this shit whenever I see you guys. Well, I think that part, uh, that part rest sucks. assured that uh, it's, a, it's a good point, Cade. You know, but as far as why, why stop doing that sort of service? Um, but uh, it's going to be around for a while. I just think that even as they keep talking about the, the curve flattening out and so forth, it's going to be a while before restaurants really open back up and allow, you know, a lot of people in at the same time. So I think they're going to be continuing to do that sort of uh, delivery service with alcohol for a while, which is, yeah. as you pointed out, it's fantastic. Oh, it's awesome. Especially with Mexican restaurants, uh, Friday nights we go and, and pick up Mexican food and dude, 32 ounce fucking margaritas but they put a piece of masking tape over it so you can't drink it on the way home. I tried like hell to figure you out. You rip off. I tried to figure out a way to get that piece of masking tape off it on the way home. Yeah, but I've already got a beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other, and one on the wheel. I can't really get it going. So, And then <laughs> Sergeant Washington is in this drive. <laughs> well, uh... We cut to the outside of Okamura's house. They got the address from that perp. Cody, did I say that right? Perp? That you did. That you did indeed. Okamura is no perp. No, no, no. The guy who gave up Okamura. He's oh, yeah, perp. that guy's a perp. He's a perp. Okamura uh, is fantastic. So to capture, get this, to capture the second-in-command of LA's most ruthless crime syndicate, They've sent Patrolman Johnson, Peggy, Washington, and Samurai Cop. 
four four cops to take out this 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 high the number two of the uh, katana. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Joe said, Samurai Cop says this, if Okamura lives here, we will capture him and force him to testify against the katana. If someone else lives here, after we kick down the door and destroy the house, we will apologize. The usual police routine. He's legit. Hey, in, in, <laughs> in, in LA in 1991, it may have been. I think it's, the procedure. It is exactly. I think it's pretty legit nowadays in a lot of places. I remember, like six months later, these guys were beating the shit out of Rodney King. I mean, this this was standard operating procedure. All right, but but hold on to that. Uh, kick the door down for this next part of the scene. <laughs> Who's going to answer to Captain Rome about all this? Asked Washington. You says Samurai Cop. Shit, man, he'll burn my ass. You don't have to worry about that, Joe says. It's already, yeah, yeah, I know, it's already black, Washington says, laughing. But this time, he'll probably cut my dick off too, huh? Peggy chimes in. Well, you better come by my house then before you report to the captain. Let's use it before you lose it. Man, Peggy is so sexually adventurous with her coworkers. Again, I'm thinking he could sell footage of this to corporations across the United States. Inappropriate. Not what should you not say in front of your coworker? Do not refer to your coworker's penis size. Yeah. Peggy is oh. hey, hey, it was the early nineties. Hey, it was the early nineties. It was a different time. Yeah. In fact, when now that I watch this goddamn movie, I'm thinking that it's a good thing I'm at home because if I was back in the workplace, I'm just saying after watching this, I'd be walking around like Keep it warm for me. Like, all right, that's it. You're out of here. If you said one of his lines out in the real world, you can toast. In fact, when Samurai Cop says, me and Washington are going to go to the front of the house, you guys just stay put. Peggy looks over to Patrolman Johnson and asks him if he wants to fuck right there and then. They don't have anything else to do for the next two minutes. Jesus, Peggy, eat some trail mix or something. <laughs> what, what, what's his actual line? She's like, you want to fuck? And he's like, get away from me or something. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God, Peggy. Come on, Peggy. Dude, you've got two minutes to kill on a bus. Might as well fuck. Oh, I want to be in that writer's meeting. I totally want to be in that. Well, no God, the level of horniness in this movie is off the charts. I can't believe how horny they are. Everyone's so horny, it's in their bloodstream. My God, man. Every nerve ending in their body is on fire with horniness. Doctor, could you, would you say they're too horny? I'm afraid it's far too early to tell, Mr. Cade. Actually, it's not. They're all very, very horny. Well, Peggy, anyway. She's a. She's. She's. A, I was expecting a uh, McGinley, Stan Gable, to show up and just be like, "Geez, Peggy, you're like a ghost." <laughs> Inside the house, we find Okamura in only his jockey shorts, making out with a chick in his bedroom, as his goons play cards out in the den. She wants some Japanese pearls. Oh. But she's got to pay the price with some sex. As they do it, 
All he says over and over, satisfy me. I was about to say, can you satisfy me? I mean, you more. What I love more than anything else is, you know, you're the, like the number one samurai gang in Los Angeles. You're you're crushing it, but with all that glorious drug money, you can't get a pair of curtains. <laughs> I mean, literally, just the whole every window, like just open, like again, yaks. That would require like theatrical lighting, and Amir Shervan wasn't going to dip into his wallet for that. So yeah, we need natural there. lighting, man. We need natural lighting. Get that, get that curtain out of there. A day's rental online is two body squibs full of blood that you're not going to get. you got to choose your battles, boys. Samurai cop in Washington barge in and a gunfight breaks out. Well, actually, they don't. <laughs> they, <laughs> I'm sorry. They, after that whole speech about kicking in the door, he's like, hey, you, you're under it. Freeze. And then they try to open the door, but they're like stuck behind this little a clear glass screen door that they spend five minutes trying to open and Okamore bolts just oh god it was so stupid samurai he could have kicked that door open he's dude he's fucking with it for like five minutes like you got a screwdriver <laughs> i don't know oh, there was the, some way i could do something to get rid of this tiny thin pain I don't, know whether, I don't know whether this was intentional or whether there was a thought process behind this scene, that little, but oh my God, I laughed so hard. Samurai cop in Washington barge in, a gunfight breaks out. They kill all the Katana soldiers, and Joe finally corners Okamura after a brief foot chase. Okamura tosses his gun aside, which is easy to do when it's out of bullets. He challenges Samurai cop to fight him like a man. It's a long-ass hand-to-hand combat scene. Felt like at least 20 minutes. Well, it took him at least five minutes to get ready for the fight as they both do their... And again, the scenes were spliced together from scenes that were shot about six months apart. (laughs) There's that. I was especially... I'll say this... Fight scenes themselves were fairly well orchestrated, and I was especially impressed with how they kept Samurai Cop's wig from flying off every time Okamura pummeled his face, because it was always from behind, and he was just punching Samurai Cop in the face. That wig was just, I was like, that's flying off. It's got to fly off. No, it didn't. Kudos to them. Eventually, Samurai Cop subdues Okamura, and just as Washington moves in to cuff him, Okamura grabs Washington's pistol and tries to shoot Samurai Joe, but Samurai Joe's the better shot, and boom, Okamura's toast. Is this a good time to mention? I'm probably, I guess, weirdly gonna fight Tut on this. God, the music in this thing is so bad. Oh, I love it. The music in this thing is so glorious. I usually love bad, cheesy synth scores in 90 movies, but this sucker just stinks to high heaven. Oh, as, a, as an avid video gamer, this score is amazing. Well, it is video game music. It is absolutely video game music. I love it. Okay, as, we, needed, we, needed a, we needed some kind of theme song. That's the, in all honesty, that was the only thing missing from the entire score is that that signature song. The, the love, the lovemaking ballad. At uh, one point, they did it. They tried to do like a John Williams steal of Jaws, like when you see the boots walk around the ground, it's like dun dun 
dun dun. Like, yeah, it, it was it was awful. Uh, I just thought it stunk. You know oh, what? I love it. You know what doesn't stink to high heaven, boys? What does it? That's right, Ted. I'm talking about the sweet aromatic smoke pouring off the foot of a Pappy Van Winkle's family barrel fermented cigar from Drew Estate. This unique Stogie's a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Grande Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes or bundles of tobacco for you gringos, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two, three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, longer than it takes to make a baby. That's nine months, Ted. Oh, okay, yes. Not sure why yeah. you got to the adamant about it. <laughs> Leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Peppy Van Winkles family, I saw Ted down there trying to do the math. Uh, it's now available at every brick and mortar Drew Diplomat retailer everywhere. And if you'd like to smoke the unique pig sized Vitola the Pappy, we were fortunate to get one on Cigar Safari. I haven't smoked it yet. But for those, you're going to have to head over to pappyco.com as that's the only place you'll find them. Cody, have you smoked your little pig, uh, Pag Van Winkle, yet? I have not. Hanging on to it. Saving those for a rainy day, eh? That I am. All right, boys. Well, we're moving right along. Uh, I, I'm about to cash this cigar. We should, yeah, probably, we should probably talk price point. <clears throat> I dread this part. A yearly release. Starting last year with the egg roll, now with the chop suey. Next year will be the punch spare ribs or whatever. <laughs> the punch stir fry. Yeah, stir fry makes more sense. What do you guys think this thing costs? Man, with the packaging, I'm going to go $11.50. Yaks. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna shoot right around eleven. <laughs> I didn't few, smoke one, so I'll go ten ninety nine. This is one of the few joys I get uh, out of life is is moments like this. Five dollars and forty nine cents. Well, sudden does that just make perfect sense? I was about to say that's actually a okay price point for that yeah five bucks five and a half bucks you guys were off so was this thank uh, goodness so this like the special like Good deal though uh so yeah you guys are all guessed twice that amount but right now boxes of the chop suey are on sale at famous smoke shop for 123.99 when you apply promo code TNCC20, that gives you $20 off any purchase of $100 or more, knocking the total down to $103.99. That's $4.15 a stick, which I still wouldn't pay for this. 
Okay, so that, that was a question I was going to ask. Obviously, oh, they they enjoyed it, so that that cheap price doesn't reconcile it in any way. No, it's still a bad cigar. Okay, yeah. I mean, if it's bad, it's bad. You, you don't want to pay five bucks for something that's bad. Yeah, I, I just usually when it when these boys go in really high like that, and it's a decent smoke, they're just so like, oh shit, and make some note like this is crazy. This is the first time where they guessed 11 bucks and it was half that. And they're like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I think we guess a lot of times though on things beyond the enjoyment, like we guess on packaging. We do. I mean, you got, you got to keep, yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you have to take in mind the packaging. You have to take in mind the marketing. You have to take in mind the limited release or the, Look at know, the annual release. I mean, there's companies out there that would charge you a premium just for that packaging, regardless of what the cigar actually cost. Well, we'll boy ethic. I can take a crap and put it in a box. All you got is a guaranteed piece of shit. General makes some uh, good cigars. This isn't one of them. I agree. Back at Nakatomi Plaza, Yamashita is Nakatomi Plaza is a diehard, buddy. Well, dude, did you see the outside of their office building? It was Nakatomi. Was it Nakatomi? <laughs> I mean, it was like a thousand store. It, and I think it, well, it wasn't the actual Nakatomi, but it looked similar. Yamashita is filling in Fujiyama on all the troublemakers in the police department that are causing them trouble, as that's what troublemakers do. Kind of my writing. Remember in Lethal Weapon 2 when the South Africans took out all the troublesome LAPD cops? There was the diving board explosion. There was the all that stuff. It's, it's almost funny like because a, I didn't I didn't think about that until I didn't either. It, but but it, it, I I never thought about Lethal Weapon 2 until this part of the movie. You started. You, you brought it up earlier, and until until this part when they start going around the cops, that's when I made a Lethal Weapon 2 comparison doctor it's almost like amir shirvan saw that film prior to writing this flick but who knows he's dead we'll never know uh we can't ask him fujiyama turns down yamashita's urging to kill all the cops himself yamashita's no. like i'll kill him all myself no don't know it was you and he instead orders him to bring in some help from new york and break the samurai's legs and see where that gets him. Didn't they already try to do that? He's already told like two dudes to break his legs. Well, That's how many people are in this gang because he's killed like 50 of them? This is where it got you. Samurai cop still has his legs and he's still banging chicks and he's still taking down your empire. And the guys from New York are still those same day drinkers they got out of LA bars at three in the afternoon. Uh... It was funny though, because you always, you know, watching like mafia stuff like Sopranos when like bring in some guys from Italy or bring in, all right, bring in some dudes from New York and it's just like 10 black guys. <laughs> on the one hand, you got, you got Furio on the one hand, and on the other hand, you got these dudes who, you know, were splitting a 12 pack of slits in an alleyway. <laughs> let's, let's meet these dudes. We cut to a movie theater where Samurai Cop is working with a projectionist on editing some kind of film project. He was shooting pornos. I knew it. 
He's up there looking at film, like splicing it together. When the New York gangsters show up at the cinema and the shit hits the fan, Joe shoots a half dozen African-American Japanese monsters, <laughs> turning them into chop suey, and manages to get away somehow. But seriously, for a minute, even in this crazy fucking movie, what the fuck was he doing there working on that movie that's never explained? Never. They never even touched on it. Like an old guy with a pipe. They're looking at film. Like, what was he doing? What was what was that project? Maybe Samurai Cop Two will explain some shit. Well, maybe his, you know, he's a cop, but his real love is the cinema. Plus, I don't, I don't know if you caught this, Cody, being the uh, another avid uh, uh, gun, at least familiar with guns. But in the shootout on this, Joe. Pops across the stairs. He's looking down the stairs and the camera's shooting up at it. So he pops into the stairway, shoots three times, and then shoots again. It's like he's, he shoots threes and then rechambers around, but he didn't like drop a drop the mag or put it back in. It was just like that doesn't even work in a gun, dude. Cade, like me, at some time in the next 48 to 72 hours, are you gonna find out if Samurai Cop 2 has some answers? Because I am. I am. I'm starting to sneeze from you guys, so I'm going to uh, put my mask on. Is this how this works? I don't think it, it is. It looks like you, it looks like you're wearing Samurai Cup Speedo on your face. <laughs> it does. It does. Wait a minute. You guys are making me sick. I needed to do this. Mm. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for you to put on the blue helmet so that you look like you know now Cobra Commander. Now I can't read my notes. That sucks. All right. I'm just going to risk it for our listeners. This is what I do for you people. Next up is an intense, super steamy lovemaking scene with Yamashita. That's right. Robert Dazar and his scarlet hair. Zidar. Oh, I had... I wrote it wrong. I wrote D hyphen Z. That's Z hyphen D. It was yeah, Z hyphen D. But yes, it was steamy, and boy, did we just see everything. Hey, by the way, I need to do some business over here. Max Saban says, good call on the 300 manas, by the way. That came in from YouTube. Uh, let me jump over to YouTube. Good job, Max Saban. Um, that's one of Tut's favorites. Mm-hmm. Especially in that price range. Yeah, uh, shout out to our, our friends, Robert, Sharon. Um, oh, hope they're doing good in this circumstance. I know they've kind of been secluded out in the middle of nowhere for a while. Um, yeah, it's a steamy, very passionate lovemaking scene with Robert Zadar. And when you sit on his face, it's a whole nother sensual experience. I wonder Freaking if job, man. it's steamy, passionate, love-making scene with Robert Zadar has ever before been said in the human language. Or referencing sitting on his face. Ay caramba. Yak boy, is that Japanese? Ay caramba? Close enough. It's Spanish. It's like one of those 80s banana seats on a bicycle. 
That should have been a Captain Roma line. I got Zadar's chin up my ass and it hurts, so I want to take it out. I just like Tut's thing. <laughs> Robert Zadar has a fucking face like a bite, a banana skin on a bicycle. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to his queen. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I was doing. I was looking up. You just pissed like, off. Don't apologize to me. I've been shitting pancakes for 10 years. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I would have uh, thought a love-making scene with Robert Zadar would be weirder, but it wasn't. <laughs> well, says you. well I was. She's this totally was much easier than you know the the Akamura one. Where you're like, why? Why are we seeing this? Yeah. Uh, the, I'll, you, I'll admit the fact. I won't lie. I'm, you know. You gotta have a reason to to obviously see the redhead naked, so there you go. Doctor, what's the director's name? Amir Amir Shervan. He thankfully really has a good talent for just He should have been a softcore director. Leaving the camera on the females. Uh he shows this redhead. In her birthday suit. I'm going to give him credit here. Most movies, when you watch it and you see a beautiful woman, especially the movies we watch, there's a 50-50 chance you're ever going to see her naked or topless. In a mere Shervan film, it's a 100% if chance. If you see a hot chick on screen, there's about a 90% chance that you're not only going to see her naked, but all, like big time naked, there's a hundred percent chance. I think every woman that was in there was at least a at least topless with a full full. And he just lets that camera linger all over the place. And uh, good on good on him. Do you think the the actress, the redheaded actress, like at that moment was thinking, what set of decisions and life choices have led me to this moment where I'm about to simulate sex with Robert Zadar? Possibly. I think she was working at the Wild Horse and said, all right, that sounds good. I do, but I just want to say, I do like this aspect of Amir Shaban's filmmaking. Oh, he, he, he really, he gets in on the ass. He really gets in on it. And he just drifts. Yeah. He's, he's, that's, that's the only, that's the, uh, you see professional cinematography when he's. He, he takes the. All right, we'll, takes, we'll keep that in mind because there's going to be another scene where I'm going to question a little bit. Okay. Well, as we say in the business, he takes the camera off the sticks and just lets his emotion as a director just dictate where we see and what we see. Oh, then I'm so glad he said that. Something was dictating all right. There was dictating, X. There was dictating going on all right. Well, a well-dressed in a three-piece suit samurai cop approaches a brawless Jennifer as she leaves her Episcopalian church in Beverly Hills. What was that all about? All of a sudden, he's been wearing—he's been wearing jeans, tank tops, and white high tops, and now he's in the suit. He's trying to impress, Doctor. Uh, bring your A game, man. And she—I guess the Episcopalian Beverly Hills Church—you don't have to wear bras to. <laughs> Those California libtards. <laughs> and this doesn't sit well with the Italian-American Japanese gangster who looks like Vincent <laughs> Cuddle waiting outside the church for her. Hey, what are you talking about, huh? He's got good hair. I love his hair. It's not a real church from history. 
She left with the cop. Oh boy. When Fujiyama hears that she left the church with the cop, oh. He orders Samurai Cop dead. That's not good for Samurai Cop. Yeah, no more breaking his legs. I want him dead. I want him dead. That's not good for him, is he, Axe? It is not good. If you're Fujiyama, you're like, just hey, man, I didn't bit. throw out this Dennis Eckersley air for nothing. Nice, <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> we've, we've got the Mexican dudes, the black dudes. Now we've got the Italian guys that are working for the Japanese. Do you think this is something that Katana does to keep the popo on their toes? Like, we don't know who's working for them. That's right. That's right. And Cody, are, those the, are those the guys that came in from New York, the Italians? No. no. Fujiyama, come on. Jack Boy, did I use the term popo correctly? You did. You did indeed. Albeit a little bit too soon. Okay. Well, grab another uh, sip. Uh, Cody, could you... Uh, I'm going to pour the remaining of my shitty clown shoes beer while I take a production break. Would you mind slowly telling our listeners about my follow-up beer? It's an IPA. All right, you missed out. It's too late. And you guys, no, talk you about, are drinking. You guys talk about your drinks while I'm gone. <laughs> Cade is switching over to the Stash IPA, which is also okay. from Independence, same as Tuttle, uh, the from uh, Independence Brewing in Austin. As I said, the the Stash IPA. This one is their more their flagship. It's a seven and a half percent ABV and 94 IBUs, or at least that's what they claim. I've had this. That's what they claim, yeah. So I can't, I, I don't agree with 94. I would put it in the 70s. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, this is like one of those, uh, at least around here in the Austin area, like when you go to concerts and stuff, uh, you know how like a lot of times you'll go to the concerts and it'll just be like the same Bud Light, Coors Light, uh, Shiner, uh this is like one of their craft beer go-tos uh is the stash ipa this is for the hardcore ipa drinkers it's, yeah, it's, it, a, it's in a lot of the festival type stuff and it is good i mean it, i mean it's mm-hmm. not a bad ipa but like i said they they say it's got more bitterness than i would put it i, I would definitely just say it's in the 60 70 range but it's still good i do like it we we do serve it at the pub frequently, so I mean it's it is a staple for the. Yeah, I don't I don't feel bad buying Texas it at area. all. Yeah. I'm just getting so. a follow up bar. Uh, you guys were talking about live music. Yeah. Did you see where the governor of California said live music would not return to California until 2021? Yikes. What the hell, man? That seems drastic. That does. And as musicians make the bulk of their money these days off touring, that seems detrimental. Well, I have seen like uh, there's there's been a couple of things pop up that I've noticed where people are starting to try to do a 
you know, when the first, when the, when the crap hit the fan at first, everybody was like, Hey, we're going to do these live broadcasts on Facebook. We're doing live concerts on Facebook here. Donate for us. Now I have starting to scene where they're actually putting a paywall to where it's like a, a digital concert where you actually buy tickets and then you can go and see them perform on whatever platform that they're performing on. I well, think that's, that's, I mean, that's cool. I understand. And I definitely respect them trying to earn a living, especially if you like, if you time, like a band, support them any way you can. What's kind of irked me on the film side of it is these movies that were supposed to go to theaters. Now you can see it in the virtual cinema. Have you seen that term? Virtual cinema. You mean my living room? Yeah, you watch it at your house. That's what it means. It's not a virtual cinema. It's it's video on demand. It's the same as it's always been, but exclusively through virtual cinema. No, give me a break. I mean, just say what it is. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I I'm lucky. My one of my favorite bands of all time reunited early March. Uh, right after they played their their they had like less than 10 shows after 20 years or something like that Mr. Bungle where they got to reunite and play an album and they're they went straight in the studio to re-record the album so you've got to buy the album to support these guys and if you're a music lover I think now more than ever pay for your fucking music buy some CDs buy some merch you know, buy a shirt. I mean, that's how these guys are going to survive. A lot of these bands, especially the touring bands that have been around forever, like this is their their yearly income is tour, 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 tour. And they can't do that. I mean, you got to help them out. You got you to step up. If you, if you like music and if you want these guys to when this shit finally goes away and you can see them again if you're a concert goer, but if you want them to make it to that point where they don't have to go fucking job at Arby's, buy some fucking t-shirts off their website, buy some music. Just, if you got the, if you got some cash, throw it toward the creative types because they can't do this shit for free. Yeah, I wish we could throw a whole lot of money to uh, actual research and development for anything that would end this damn thing because i love concerts and it kind of sucks not being able to go to them and i saw you on facebook today wishing you could go to a show crow concert hey i'm not gonna lie i like my i like a show crow you know that song i that... wouldn't go i actually wouldn't go to her concert though because from the live footage that i have seen of it i'm like eh, you're better in the studio you know that song if it makes you happy it can't be that bad you know that's, that's true you know what that's about, don't you? No. Doctor? Making love to Samurai Cop? <laughs> Can't be that bad. Similar. Similar. Cody, what are you lighting up as your follow-up smoke? Something good, I hope. It is not. It's not good? No, this is the No, this is the Debonair. I heard that name in a while. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Tut, what did you uh, light up for your follow-up? 
Uh, I had one of these in the humidor. I think uh, actually you gave it to me as uh, my COVID-19 here here to help you out stash. Uh, the uh, Brick House, which we did on our anniversary show, I think. We did. I am smoking another uh, Underground Shade Pequena, the small. Oh, I love those. Underground Shades, man, they're good. They're really, really good. Did you already burn through all those, Tut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty. Those are pretty fast going out of there. Um, okay. Well, samurai cop, samurai cop in his three-piece suit approaches a brawless Jennifer as she leaves the Episcopalian Church in Beverly Hills. Uh, they report the gangsters that were waiting outside for to Fujiyama that his love interest left the church with the cop. And as I said, he orders him dead. D-E-A-D, dead. The samurai cop is concerned with other matters at the moment as he's taking Jennifer back to his rented beach house where he feeds her a roasted chicken he stole from his neighbor's chicken coop and a nice side salad. Doctor style. Gotta have some vegetables there for the roughage. He's smooth, boys. There's no denying that. Beach house, kind of like a uh, Martin Riggs in his uh... <laughs> time to don the speedo. How did you know I'd come home with you? Jennifer asks. Let's just say I'm good at reading eyes. Samurai cop explains as they clink wine glasses. Can you read my eyes now, boys? <laughs> this guy, so much cheese, but it works. It would have been better if at that moment peering into the Venetian blinds was Washington. <laughs> They're getting to know each other better. Very better. Yamashita and his cronies show up at Patrolman Johnson's house where he's doing dumbbell curls in his underwear in the living room as his wife reads a magazine. Kate style. They demand to know where Samurai Cop lives. And even though he throws Peggy under the bus, I don't know anything about the guy. I don't even like him. But Peggy might know something. He throws her under the bus. As someone who might know Samurai Cop's whereabouts, they still slit his wife's throat and stab him in the belly. Did y'all notice all the Kung Fu Championship awards on his wall? No, uh-uh. It would have been a good time to use it. That wasn't his house. He was. They were shooting that shit in. No way. It was probably Gerald Akamura's house. They then head over to Washington's. Oh, I will. I will say this. I'm going to give this guy. I'm going to give uh, the director uh, probably more credit than he actually deserves on this one. But I always find these scenes real rough. I mean, they're making him watch the watch him kill his wife. That's tough. Yeah, and they rip her top off before too. That's even rougher. I mean, it was just. Like I said, if you're a female in one of this guy's movies, you're getting naked. Yeah, one way or another. Fun or not fun. That's pretty much, I mean... So do, I get, do I get to bang Samurai Cop? No, you're in the other category. <laughs> God, bang Robert Zadar. <laughs> I get to sit on that face? No. Well, you don't really sit on that <laughs> I face. said you were going to have sex uh -huh. with a samurai, but not Samurai Cop. I rode mechanical bulls with less. Uh, You're going to ride a mechanical chin now. Uh, they then head over to Washington's apartment and hold a knife to his dick as he's stepping out of the shower. 
you can give us information now or we can relieve you of this gift. This black. They actually say that. We can relieve you of this gift. This black gift. Way to go, Washington. Uh, that's, that's when you get the... the I, this scene, I could relate. <laughs> it is a precious gift uh, that must be preserved at all costs. Well, he manages to fight off his attackers and save himself and his with a pair of scissors. With a pair of scissors and his massive, <laughs> he saves his massive penis in the process, Kate style. He should have swung the penis just like with his hips, just swung it and knocked one of those guys in the face. Did y'all notice all the Japanese artwork in his place? He clearly doesn't live here either. They they shot Patrolman Johnson and. Washington's place in the same apartment. <laughs> really don't live in. It was all it was all Gerald Akamura's house. He's he's been in a bunch of movies. He's made some money. This was his pad. He's like, we'll just go into the, this other room. Sure, you can use my place. So while all his fellow officers are getting assaulted and slaughtered, samurai cops enjoying some quality swimming pool time with Jennifer at his beach house. He just happened to have a g-string bikini in her size available. Imagine that. And of course, a black banana hammock in his size. That's high quality samurai training from the Japanese oh. masters right there, I believe. Again. I actually think if you watch the early films, Doctor, I know you're a student of uh, film. Yohimbo wore that same black banana hammock in some of the early Yohimbo classics. This, this was exactly as Akira Kurosawa had uh, designed it. Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, uh, Ron, some of the other, you know, classic Kurosawa movies. Uh, uh, it was the samurai will get into the black banana hammock. It's it, it's film history. But while they're frolicking out in the pool, he doesn't hear the phone ringing nonstop from Washington trying to desperately warn him of the impending danger. The bad guys are creeping up on Peggy's house now as she's cooking a snack in her Daisy Duke shorts. And I'm conflicted here because she's so hot. And on one hand, I'm like, A, how could Samurai Cop not just stay with Peggy, who's so damn good looking and clearly really into him? And B, well, he's making out with the equally hot Jennifer now, so what the fuck do I know about anything? <laughs> when you're when you're Joe Marshall Samurai Cop, you spread it around. You don't have you know time what, to be anchored to one woman. You know what it reminded me of, uh, Doctor, back in high school when the guy would cheat on the head cheerleader with some other rando chick. You're like, how could he cheat on the on the head cheerleader? And then like later in life, you're kind of like. Well, maybe there's something to quantity over quality. Oh, yeah. The other chick he was banging was kind of hot, too. He was just going around. Well, Samurai Cop is all about quantity. High quantities of high quality ass. There there was no low quality. He was getting it both. Well, Yamashita and his crew pin her down in the kitchen and pour sizzling bacon grease on her belly. Wait, this is Peggy. Yeah, Peggy. What'd I say? Uh, you You jumped ahead a little bit. Yeah, yeah, well, she's making dinner and they break in and then they pour sizzling bacon grease all over this, her. This bed. disturbs me. I'm going to have a real hard time scrambling eggs tomorrow morning. I mean, it's just... Well, dude, that's how they make her talk. They pour this grease all over her belly. So get, let me get this straight. She's hot. She's horny. 
and she just randomly makes bacon during the day. Again, I'm thinking he should have just hung out with Peggy. Peggy's got everything. She's got a lot of things in her favor. Sweet fancy Moses. It's like two in the afternoon and she's sizzling up bacon. Hey, but he's in the swimming pool with Jennifer and she's hot to trot. I mean, you just, you samurai cop. He's your samurai. God bless you, Samurai Cop. Well, uh, she finally gives up Samurai Cop's address to escape any further pain, and they leave her there writhing on the floor. Dude, they don't kill her. They burned her belly, but she can identify them later. Although we've seen... Well, they can already identify them. They've killed like 80 of their henchmen, the other Katana gang members. Not to mention, they've actually seen them in action and been like, eh, whatever. Was that was that guy with the large chin over there, the one that pulled out an Uzi and threw a grenade at you? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was him. We cut back to Samurai Cop's beach house where he enters the bedroom and only his wet black Speedo to present Jennifer with a homemade birthday cake he made. What a sweetheart. This took like a lot of planning for like a first date. Hey, Code of the Samurai. No, I guess so. There's a great editing moment I hope you caught, Tut, where he swoops her up in his arms to carry her in the bedroom. (laughs) Butt to butt. And we're watching her ass cheeks full frame, and then boom, we cut to his bare ass cheeks in the next shot as he lowers her down on his samurai bed. I totally totally got that. Well done, Amir (laughs) Shirvani. I appreciated that from a cinematic standpoint. A matching ass cheek shot. Stanley Kubrick tried for decades to nail it. He finally gave up. He said it couldn't be done. Amir Shervan comes in and nails it. Amir nails it, and you know that was planned, that was thought out, that was that was actually on a drawing. Why board is that somewhere. the best transition scene in the entire movie? <laughs> Not the entire movie, X. Film history. Fuck you, Cassavetes. <laughs> Each I'm going ass to ass. Dude, it's a now you should have just like just thrown it in there for that one like brief like second just to show Washington's face like <laughs> so they start passionately grinding their loins together. Yax, maybe it's time to start staking out the local Episcopalian churches, huh? Well, I've already done that. I <laughs> church I go to. This seems like a, a good hunting ground. Of course, I'm going to ruin them. Like, oh, yeah, all you bitches are wearing bras. <laughs> the hell? Samurai Cop said you guys wouldn't be wearing any bras. Huh. Apparently, all you need is a three-piece suit and a garden salad. <laughs> ladies, how do you like banana hammocks? black banana hammocks oh and maybe a million dollar beach house that probably played a little part in it yes but that, that 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 fits with the classic you know i'm just a you know a lowly you know detective but i have this giant mansion on the beach i can't afford but i you know what i can afford on a cop salary apparently it's Willis from Color of Night. I'm just going to move into my psychiatrist friend's giant mansion out here in the L.A. desert. 
Luckily, when uh, Samurai Cop orgasms, he doesn't make the Bruce Willis. Oh! 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 <laughs> Give it to me, good doc. But I will say that earlier, <laughs> earlier in the evening, when you were making the observation that uh, he, they take the camera off the sticks and you follow the director's eyes, if you watch this scene, they instead of traversing Jennifer's body, which would have been awesome, they traverse his body. What are you I mean, they they what are you, like. What are you trying to say, Seth? I think Amir might have really, really liked Samurai Cop. Well, that should imply in Iran. That's why he desperately wanted to come to America. As all should. He desperately wanted to make love to a samurai cop. <laughs> it is the land of opportunity, is it not? You can, like you. you can do anything you want to in America as we sit here in our masks talking to each other. <laughs> I'm going to put this back on. It makes me feel better. Finally, <laughs> post-coitus. Yeah, oh, please take that off. When I go in the grocery store, I actually, I can't do it. I actually, uh, when I go in the grocery store with it, I have to put a coffee filter into it. That's what, yeah. Uh, I got a whole system. Yeah. Uh, my wife finally, uh, my wife got, a, uh, got ours together and, uh, she finally got her, uh, filter. She got some filters that actually go into it, but we've been using coffee filters between that. I love my mask. I'm sorry. I went to the grocery store put that thing on and I'm like, I know it's placebo. I know it's more about keeping people away from my stuff. I just felt right. I was like, oh, there we go. Thank you, baby, for getting me this mask. What's wrong with my mask? <laughs> it looks like Samurai Cops fucking- <laughs> It actually does. <laughs> well, post-coitus, Samurai Cop answered, finally answers his damn phone that's been ringing. I understand why he didn't know he's hot and heavy with Jennifer. Making sweet love. And Washington tells him to get the hell out of there, but it's too late. Joe looks out his bedroom window and sees Yamashito and his buddies creeping around his backyard. Samurai Cop and Jennifer put on their clothes and crawl out a window just in time for him to shoot one of the middle-aged white tut-looking Japanese gang members right in the chest which causes him to do the lamest <laughs> slow-mo backflip off a diving board into the pool. Oh my God, that kill was great. The dude gets shot, bounces on the pool, and like it takes him like 10 seconds to roll off into the water. They manage to escape the other bad guys and race away in Samurai Cop's sweet-ass red Pontiac Fiera. Remember those things? Mm-hmm. Jennifer shows up to work at the Blue Lagoon, all smiles. Dude, she was almost just killed. She had to climb out a window. She saw a guy shit in the chest. Not a care in the world. Man, she's, she's in love by with Samurai Cop. All of that, that is just a typical L.A. Sunday. <laughs> now I got to get to work on Monday. And when she talks to her mom, who's holding down business at the office, her mom is super pissed that one, Jennifer's been MIA and she's missed all of Mr. Fujiyama's birthday presents he sent. 
She says, you know what, mom? I don't care because I'm in love. But he's she, my samurai. He's my Just then, at the worst possible time, when she says she's in love with Samurai Cop, Mr. Fujiyama enters the porno office. And that's the worst thing you could hear. We know that by the ominous music that plays. He's hurt, boys. He's love hurt. And Japanese crime boss or not, that's a relatable hurt to all of us, isn't it? We've all had a hurt. We've all had a hurt. And you see it kind of in his face. Who kind of sells it. Like, he really liked this shit. God knows okay. I've walked into a softcore porn scene and see the object of my affections with somebody else. He's buying her jewelry. He's buying her those Japanese pearls. He's buying her all sorts of shit. Joe, Samurai Cop shows up and literally in a day bakes her a cake and gets her in bed. That's got to He can't compete with Samurai Cop. I mean, he just fucked her silly. I mean, that's all there is to it. Instead of Japanese pearls, they should have just baked her a cake. Toss some salad. I mean, the, the put, on, salad. put on a little banana hammock, bake you a cake. There you go. Doctor, we don't know what women all a real salad. A real salad. A real salad. Oh, a dinner salad. Some Italian dressing. Back at LAPDHQ, again, it's just a lot of letters to string together. Captain Roma is chastising the detectives for not providing him with one alive witness they can use to nail the katana. They literally kill everyone they try to arrest. And because of you, I'm about to be fired. I'm going to lose my pension. But you know something? I don't give a fuck. There's only one thing in this world I want. I want you to find that motherfucking Japanese gangster, and I want you to kill him and every one of his men. And I want you to turn his house into a bloodbath and not leave anybody alive. And when they're all dead and come back to me, and then all three of us will turn in our badges together. All right, says Washington. About time. See you, Captain, says Samurai Cop. See you in hell, says Roma. <laughs> I love that part. See you later. See you in hell. I love I love that line. That's, See you in hell. That's his catchphrase. I love this guy. So Samurai Cop and Washington storm Fujiyama's compound, which is heavily guarded by a bunch of chunky African-American tank top wearing Japanese katana members for some reason. <laughs> start blasting these dudes oh my god they shoot some japanese white guy gang members too as they make their way into the mansion up on the roof black guys are hanging behind trees no japanese members whatsoever of the japanese katana uh they finally make their way in the mansion where they i'm sorry where did they shoot this again los angeles they shot it in los all right you think the other would have been had a couple of uh You think there's a few Japanese people in Los Angeles? I think so. I think so. I'm telling you, these were the guys outside the Blue Lagoon at three in the afternoon. <laughs> I think so. You know? It's like, look, man, I'll sign the check for your bar tab. Just give me a half hour. Tuck your beer belly into your pants. Grab this fake shotgun. Walk behind this tree. We're going to shoot you fall down. That's what they had. I think you're right, doctor. <laughs> I think so. Uh, well, they fight their way into the mansion where they find Fujiyama holding a pistol to the head of poor Jennifer. Love hurts, boys. Love hurts. He loved her a day ago, and now he's got a fucking gun to her head. Well, 
he actually smooth talks both detectives into dropping their guns to spare Jennifer's life. But of course, he can't be trusted. Once their guns are dropped, Fujiyama swiftly shoots Washington. And oh! Samurai Joe, say sayonara, Samurai Cop. Yeah, it's my catchphrase. <laughs> sayonara, motherfuckers. Uh, Jennifer wrestles the gun from his hand, and they shoot the crime boss dead. You see, Washington was wisely wearing a bulletproof vest. He's okay. Oh, thank goodness. Jennifer tells Joe she just wants to go back to the beach house, to home. That's kind of bold after one lay, right? And, and also, didn't they really just more like an hour ago? Yes. I mean, she, she just <laughs> made her like an hour ago. She's like, take me back home. I'm so horny. That's Samurai Cop. That's Samurai Cop. Well, I was waiting for Samurai Cop to be like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey. Listen, I, on the way over here, I got, you stopped and grabbed a donut, a little girl behind the counter. I asked her out. It's. I got the. Move on. Jennifer, I think we need some space. <laughs> it's not you. It's well, you literally sorry. parked her 45 minutes ago, and now she's like, take me back home, Samurai Cop. Listen, it's been forever since we've seen each other. I moved on. That was an hour ago. <laughs> well, Samurai Cop says he has one more thing to take care of. Not Peggy. Yamashito is still alive. Let me relight my cigar real quick, boys, before I finish this sucker out. I was about to say, I need to take a production break, but I know what's coming up, and I don't want to miss it. I'm going to hang in there. Code of the Samurai. <laughs> Code of the Samurai. Good on you, Tug. So they head over to Yamashito's place and kill a bunch of his men and his sexy-ass red-headed girlfriend. Oh. This is where you know they're running low on money. Because before, whenever they would shoot people, blood and guts would splurt out. Now they shoot people and they, ugh, and there's nothing. There's, there's no what, about that, what about that one dude, the one white guy who clearly kicks over the door? You could see the little board that they'd nailed together. He comes out with a shotgun. You could see he, that this was the breakaway door. They had one take. Yeah, he just kicks it over and just pumping the shot. And same thing. He's all, ugh, there's they no squib, nothing. They have no money left in the budget at this point. Um, they're just shooting everybody, and everybody's falling down with no visible wounds. But finally, Yamashita himself pulls up in the driveway in his Suzuki Samurai. Terry <laughs> <laughs> hey. actually have seen a Suzuki Samurai. Zdar is literally going to just like fall. It's going to <laughs> lean over. It's like his chin alone couldn't stand the weight of a Suzuki Samurai. Well, he tears off his shirt and gets ready to finish this once and for all. He tells his underling, go get my sword. Say what you want about this film. Actually, I'll wait till Tuck gets back and then I'll say this. Um... Cody, thumbs up on the beer? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Stash IPA, I actually haven't commented on it. Um, it sucks. It smells really good, but what you, I, I thought I kind of heard you mentioning when I was on a production break 
What did they say the IBUs are? 94. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put it past 70. I wouldn't pass 50. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the most egregious bullshit IBU claim I think I've ever heard in my life. There's no, it smells good, the, the flavors aren't there, and the IBUs definitely aren't there. That, that's crazy. Tut, uh, we're at the point in the story where Yamashito has shown up at his house as they're blasting dudes. Uh, I want to say this before we get into this final conflict. Say what you want about this film, and we surely have. But Robert Zadar's dead serious approach to this character and this character's role in Samurai Cop must be respected as this professional never phones it in, and he does bring a slight glimmer of legitimacy acting-wise to this thing by his earnestness alone. I should mention he also elevates the director's follow-up film, also on Amazon Prime, Killing American Style. With his bring-it-all attitude and talent, watch that one on your own. We can't get to them all here. But dude, Robert Zadar, believes in this character, believes in this movie, and in a sea of untrained, loosey-goosey actors, I use that term loosey-goosey, he's the thing holding this thing together, acting-wise. Best performer by far, certainly. And he, well, he kills it. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, I will say that he, he definitely brings it. He shouldn't have been cast in the role, but <clears throat> absolutely. He gives it his all. He does do a serious treatment on it and he's very professional going about it. I disagree with the casting, but I, I love the effort. You disagree with the casting just because it was a white guy? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what makes it funny, but it's unintentional funny. But, I mean, it's Samurai Cop. You need to have at least one Asian Samurai. No. There's not a one. I just, I, I just think uh, Robert Zarr just rules this thing. And if you, if you do want to see more of him and this director working together, watch Killing American Style. It's a home invasion crime flick on Amazon Prime. And he's even better in that. Like he's, I was about to say, if he's if he's not like a samurai, if he's no, just like a crazed home invasion dude, yeah, he's just he's just a white guy criminal in that one. Then I could see him just killing it. Man, he's good. He's really really good, and he really you can just see him. Literally, you can see him trying in yeah. this film and in that film. You can just see him giving it everything he's got. And I will say this, you know, I I I joke about the chin. I joke about the the banana seat. But he's got such a distinctive look that, I mean, he does chew up screen when he's there. You chew up a lot with that chin. <laughs> <laughs> he's breaking down a lot of the doors with that chin. Uh, he, he's one of those guys that were better off for him. And, and the doctor will attest to this. You've seen, you guys probably haven't seen the Maniac, the Maniac Cop films. Yeah, uh, yeah, I actually have. The, the first one. Okay. He goes way bonkers bananas in the second and third one. I think, is the second one, Doctor, where Tom Atkins makes an appearance? 
I think so. Two and three kind of blur together for me. Bruce Campbell's in one and two. I think there's a lot of great genre guys. Atkins and William Campbell. Smith. They're really fun films, but Czar kind of holds them all together. Um, okay. So as it should be, the film ends with a face-to-face -face Japanese showdown between two American dudes. Well, they're like... <laughs> If I'm looking at the frame, they're like, they start out this way, and it's a wide, super wide shot. And they take so long to get each, to get there to each other. It's like, whoo, sword flourish, sword flourish, sword flourish, sword flourish. I'm like, just get there. It is a final showdown, Japanese samurai showdown between two white dudes. Yes, it is. They do a lot of sword twirling and all that jazz before finally battling it out. They quickly ditch their swords and duke it out fist to fist. Good luck breaking Yamashito's jaw with your right. dead jaw. You could take like a thousand Mike Tyson uppercuts and you never even feel it. <laughs> but they fight and they fight and they fight until finally Samurai Cop takes him down. You know the code of Bushida. Kill me, Yamashita says. And Samurai Cop almost obliges and kills him until Washington stops him. No, Joe, you're a cop. So Joe drops his sword, but Yamashita takes a dagger from his boot and stabs himself in the belly. He's a samurai and he needs to die with honor. Sayonara, Yamashita. And I will say this, Yamashita is the true samurai. Had Samurai Cop actually been a samurai, he would have honored Yamashita. He would have yeah, honored his enemy. He would have done what is he would have done what was honorable. He's kind of like a half-ass samurai. He was definitely a half-ass yeah. samurai. He's kind of like a hipster samurai. Yeah. Really, why not? White they, they've killed everyone else they've tried to arrest. I mean, why not just kill this dude? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, you know, our favorite uh, police chief said, bloodbath, kill them all. The, the only person they took into custody in the entire movie was the guy they nearly burned to a crisp. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that bastard got his head lopped off. Yeah. <laughs> well, we close out with Samurai Cop making out in his black Speedo with Jennifer on the beach as waves crash against the rocks. Good guys win, bad guys lose, the end. Samurais get laid. As I mentioned briefly before, in 2015, Samurai Cop 2 Deadly Vengeance was released. It's 25 years later and police detective Frank Washington is forced to team up again with his long estranged partner, Joe Marshall, to investigate a series of assassinations in a case with ingredients that could never, they could never have imagined. It sounds like something I should have watched immediately I've known about it for months, but I'll admit, I've been hesitant to check it out because I love tonight's film so damn much. I don't want any of these new ingredients, they say, to tarnish the Samurai Cop legacy for me, but I will watch it. And we might definitely do it on the show if it's good, but I have, a, I just have the sinking suspicion it's going to be not good. Have a good time with it, get some laughs with it. 
but and that's and that's fine. But you know, give it the respect that it's due. Some there was a people, a lot of people that put their heart into it, and that and it showed. I, I liked it. But Tut, that's exactly what I said about Shotgun Jones, and you shit all over. What's the difference? Yeah, dude. What's the difference? I, I I saw. I was with Tut. I saw a major difference. I I think that the this. It, when you when you when you really start looking and and Cade, you should appreciate this more than anyone. When when you really start looking at the quality of the filmmaking, uh, when you look at when the ADR, uh, which I'm really surprised you didn't pick up on, but you said you're watching on an airplane. When you look at that, when you look at the obvious editing gaffes, when you look at the the wig, the fact that that there's clearly a production value different, a very stark, profound production value difference from many of the scenes that you can tell were shot months earlier. And then when they go back and he's got the wig on and, and it's just bad, terrible lighting, terrible post-production work, terrible sound. This, this is just, th this really qualifies as a so bad it's good because it's just so bad. It's just terribly made. Uh, everything about it's terribly made, uh, and and yet somehow he comes through with these hot babes getting naked. I I I was with Tut Shotgun Jones for me. That was just bad because that that wasn't as poorly made as this. They they didn't have the at least for me they didn't have the ADR issues, the the editing issues. This is just a terrible terrible motion picture from a from a technical standpoint. Or Sean Jones didn't run into those things and was just bad. But at the same time, there's something about I could feel like the director was literally going into debt and trying his damnedest to bring this project to, to fruition. There's something that just had the director, I mean, for whatever, you know, fallible traits the director had in this thing. I, I I got that he was like just giving it his all. I mean, he just swung for the fence. If he struck out, fuck it. I mean, it, let's just put it all out there, and it translated for me. It that didn't translate for me in Shotgun Jones. Uh, it just, he, he did those things, it and it's so comically bad. Like we never talked about how at the beginning that opening car chase shootout, they're just using the same clip over and over again of Samurai Cop, and like. Shoot him! Shoot, shoot him! Now. <laughs> shoot him! Shoot now! I mean, it, it's just so comically bad in a way that Shotgun Jones wasn't. I'm with Tut on this one. There, there's, there, there, there's a definite dichotomy between the two films. I just thought they were so similar in their lethal weapon influences, and I just thought y'all's reactions to them were so crazy diverse. You guys love this film or hating that film. I and just thought I just thought that like Shotgun Jones was just just a project, but this was a passion project. I'm looking at it differently as this this this, this was so bad that it couldn't help but be amusing. I guess that's a that's a gut as a viewer, a gut instinct in you tut that you just picked up on that just essential thing uh, uh just 
that's just a personal thing that you're like, I see this guy, I, I recognize this filmmaker's intent and I, I embrace it. Whereas with Shotgun Jones, you just did not get that. No, I mean, go back to, to Mensa, especially with the ADR. There's times where it's not even the same freaking actor's voice in the ADR. And it's obvious. I mean, it is super obvious. As a director, as a production guy, as, as like anybody with a sane brain, you're like, there's no audience that's going to believe that this ADR is this character. Fuck, we gotta we gotta do it. We we've gotta bring this in. We've gotta get this on. I've gotta get it completed. I just felt the dude's passion. I just felt the dude's earnestness with it. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think I think you probably are right. It's just a gut thing. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to say, and Cody, you you, you were with me on uh, Shotgun Jones. You liked it. I did. But I'm going to go ahead and go the greater than sign. Samurai Cop is way, way greater in every aspect than Shotgun Jones. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it wasn't a matter of if we were going to talk about this movie. It was just a matter of when. And I'm glad we finally did it. So thank you, boys, for watching it. And I hope you guys had fun listening to it. Absolutely. This will be up uh, on YouTube and iTunes in our usual way. Um, That's still how we do our bread and butter, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, So if you are just happen to stumble upon us live, that's a, a bonus treat. But uh, yeah, a fucking great movie. It's a really, 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 really awesome movie that I just want to watch over and over and over and over again. Just people throw out that phrase, so bad it's good. It's an overused phrase. And there are some movies where, you know, really you say that and really it's like, no, actually it's pretty good. It's a guilty pleasure. There are some where you say it's so bad it's good, and you're like, no, this is really just fucking bad. It's a piece of shit. This this is definitely the so bad that it's good. Uh, this is the epitome of that, in my mind. I would disagree, Doctor. I'd say it's so bad it's great. That works, too. Um, and there's no way in hell this fucking beer has, would you say, 90 IVUs? Yeah. So I'm saying that's like I I can't ever agree with that. No, not at all. Uh, well, I'm glad you guys had some good beers tonight because I certainly didn't, and I'm glad you had maybe some decent follow-up cigars tonight. Cigar because I actually the Undercrown Pequeno is doing me really well, but sometimes you don't hit a, hit hit them all out of the park, boys. The the Punch Chop Suey was uh, not great. Uh, my beers tonight were not great. The the bubbly was good for Tut for Cody. The native Texan was good for Tut. Doctor, the Keystone Black Ice was good for you. They worked. They did got the job done. <laughs> and I'm just tickled to death that you were able to patch in and join the festivities tonight, Doctor. 
Oh, yeah. This is great. Absolutely loved it, boys. Uh, this is going to be our new normal for um, a considerable amount of time, I imagine. So um, let's embrace it and let's do the best we can with it. And on that note, Tut, you gave everybody a plethora of links earlier in the show when I was taking a production break. Yep. Gave them the Amazon stuff. You gave them the famous stuff. Yep. Gave them all the social media stuff. Yep. So there's only one thing left to do, boys. What's that? In these times of direness, in these times of need, in times of hopelessness, if we can hold on to one thing, just one thing, may the wings of liberty never, ever, ever, ever lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. I get up, go to work.